It's 21 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. It looks like stocks could keep falling today after yesterday's record-setting sell-off. Dow futures are taking a dive overnight, dipping as much as 1,000 points before recovering slightly. Futures point to the value of stocks when the market opens. Stock market ended with the worst single-day drop for the Dow Jones Industrial Average in history yesterday, losing 1,175 points, blowing past the previous record fall of 778 points in September. September of 2008. The woman who was videotaped being assaulted by an employee at Pizza Milano uptown is suing for $5 million. An attorney for Jade Martin says his client is being treated for a long list of injuries after the incident on January 5th. Viral video shows Mamet Yilmaz trying to prevent Martin from entering the restaurant to use the bathroom. A verbal altercation between the two turned physical when Yilmaz grabbed Martin's arm and threw her against the door. Uh, He was then seen on tape headbutting her and eventually throwing her down and slamming her head on the floor repeatedly. Yilmaz also faces criminal charges for the incident and will be back in court in March. Well, does it mean something or nothing? Le'Veon Bell changed his Instagram handle yesterday. It was SteelerRB26. Now it's just Le'Veon Bell. He announced the change saying, new username, same juice. He got the juice. So uh, is Uh-oh. this a sign he really is not that close to a long-term deal with the Steelers or just Le'Veon being Le'Veon. I mean, it's very coincidental that um, Odell Beckham Jr. just asked him, you know, he was trying to court Le'Veon Bell to come to the Giants, and he said, you need to change your uh, your Twitter handles. And then he changes it from Steelers in the title to just his name. Yeah, no Steeler affiliation. I don't know. Couple of wild turkeys no longer causing major problems in an Ohio neighborhood. The birds were blamed for all kinds of disturbances like harassing mail carriers and other things in the Cleveland suburb of Rocky River. City officials said the animals led to unsafe conditions and it took some time to figure out what to do. Ohio Division of Wildlife officials say the birds were euthanized this past weekend after they continued to attack humans without fear. I don't know if that's what. What's the name of the bird up Whoa. on Washington Boulevard in Mount Lebanon? Stu, oh yes, yeah. Stu the turkey. Careful, careful up there. A sting hit from 1985 is at the center of a domestic violence case that landed a Florida man behind bars. Police say Byron Haynes and his boyfriend, Yakami Moore, got into a verbal argument inside their shared apartment. It turned physical, though, when Haynes walked into their bedroom playing stings. If you love somebody, set them free. (laughs) Sounds like he was sending a message. Mm -hmm. The song apparently set Moore off and he started breaking things. Then he allegedly grabbed Haynes and pushed him against a wall. When Haynes tried to leave the apartment, Moore allegedly ripped his shirt and bit him on the lip. Moore told police he wasn't being aggressive and he just wanted to show Haynes that he loves him. Moore was arrested on a domestic battery charge. A documentary on the Beatles' 1968 pilgrimage to India is coming to big screens across the country later this year. Promising rarely seen footage and in-depth interviews with the band, the Beatles in India is the work of Emmy-winning filmmaker Paul Saltzman, who was with the band members on their trip. The documentary doesn't yet have a specific release date, though sources say producers are targeting a fall debut. 
Production company iIllusion is taking a hologram of the late Frank Zappa on tour. I don't know how Key would feel about this. In addition to the Zappa hologram, the bizarre world of Frank Zappa tour will include appearances by very much live musicians who performed with Zappa. In addition, various stops will feature special guest appearances by other Zappa band alum, including Steve Vai, Warren Cucurillo, uh, Vinny Calaiotto. I'm I'm butchering these names, I know. And Ed Mann, among others, exact dates will be announced soon. Did you see that CBS Sunday morning about the hologram technology? Well, as soon as they can get the price down, like as soon as it's somewhat cost efficient, you're going to see more and more of this. I'm sure, yeah. And finally, actor John Mahoney is dead at the age of 77. Mahoney, best known probably as Martin Crane, the father of Frasier Crane in the sitcom Frasier, which ran for 11 seasons. Mahoney also had roles on Burn Notice and Hot in Cleveland. He was raised in England but came to the United States in the 50s and did not get into professional acting until he was in his 40s. According to Variety, Mahoney died on Sunday while in hospice care. Snow this morning, 30 degrees for the high today. Snow, sleet, and freezing rain moves in overnight tonight and going into tomorrow. We're at 21 degrees now at DVE. Yeah, it's the DVE morning show. And uh, we got uh, Mike Lang talking about the return of Marc-Andre Fleury to uh, to Pittsburgh. And uh, we'll hear from, from Marc-Andre Fleury a little bit later on this morning as well. Plus, Bill, you put together a list of the biggest Philly freaks. Yeah, my my top five favorite Philly fan freakouts. <laughs> it was it was really hard to narrow this list down. Yeah, it's it's weird to watch a city burn down in celebration. Yeah, not not the first time it's happened though. So no, no, but this feels more unique. Um, was it Vancouver? Didn't they? Yeah, famously yeah. have a. Vancouver, when that they burned that city down, they didn't burn it down, but when they rioted afterwards, there was that famous picture of the people humping on the street in the midst of <laughs> yes, all the craziness. This one, it feels like there's a lot of um, franchise players being singled out <laughs> of the riot. Plus, your chance to get away to spring training, not for the Buckos. But you know what? They're going to get rid of your favorite players. We're sending you to your favorite players. <laughs> Details on the uh, spring flyaway coming up. DVE. Yeah. Salisbury Hill. The DVE morning show. Peter Gabriel. I got caught up in one of those like wormhole links that you click where it's like, whatever happened to? Or who was this song written about for real? You know what I mean? Which is basically mm-hmm. just like some way for malware to get into your computer, but you can't resist <laughs> yep. the urge to click on it anyways. And so I clicked on one yesterday that was literally like, what, who was this song written about? You know, so if the, if the song was, you know, Donna by Richie Valens, you know, I told you who Donna was. Uh, Julia, John Lennon, it told or you. Or Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Yeah, we never did find out who Aaliyah is, do we? Might be in his new book. Oh, I, I forgot. Excited for that book. I, I, I'm looking forward to the movie adaptation of the book. <laughs> <laughs> and who will star in the Donnie Iyer story. Uh, that notwithstanding, I, I went down this rabbit hole of who was this song written about, and Peter Gabriel, one of them, in your eyes, was written about Rosanna Arquette. 
I think I knew that. Really? Yeah, because they dated for a long, long time. But then I kept clicking, clicking through it, and Toto wrote Rosanna about Rosanna Arquette. So I'm wondering, who holds the title for most songs written about them? I would guess it's Marilyn Monroe. Because right off the top of my head, Photograph, Def Leppard, and uh, Candle in the Wind. Right? So you got to figure there's there's more. That we don't know about. Yeah. But Rosanna Arquette having two of them? It's pretty, pretty big. She's pretty hot. I mean, so then you go to the who, what woman inspired the most record sales? Right, so that's what I mean. That wasn't in there, but I started thinking about it, and I was. It, it might be late. It might be Patty Boyd. Oh yeah, because she was George Harrison's wife, and he wrote "Wonderful Tonight" about her, or I'm sorry, something about her, and then Eric Clapton wrote "Wonderful Tonight" and Layla about her. Hard to think of th- three bigger songs about any one person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yoko broke up the Beatles. <laughs> but he did write a lot of songs about her. He did. So I don't know. Maybe we'd have to include that. They're all terrible songs, though. Yeah, they didn't sell. <laughs> My favorite one is Oh, Yoko. I just I love that song. <laughs> oh, Yoko is great. Um, hey, I, by the way, I really want to see that documentary, Val, of the Beatles trip to India. Mm-hmm. Is it so, on Netflix? It, it's it's no, going to be. I think it's going to be released in the fall. Yeah. Netflix is my new I'm all crack. In. Is that on Netflix? Netflix is awesome. It is it awesome. Is. But it also, yeah, I feel like it's doing some damage, possibly. No. I think it exposes people to a lot of shows that they wouldn't have seen. That is a good point. Like series mm-hmm. that used to air mm-hmm. on regular television. Uh, I think you might be right about that. Definitely the UK uh, series. We're hooked on Longmire right now. I don't even know what that is. It's uh, Longmire. It's um, it's six seasons. I guess it was on A and E or USA, and it's about a sheriff in Wyoming. Who stars in it? Nobody you would know. Who is it? No, really, nobody you would know. It's there's no. Oh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, there hey. we go. He's the only person who's who you would know probably that's in it. Nobody else from the Young Guns is in it. Uh, no. Damn it. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you this much. It's easy to stay in and watch Netflix right now because of the weather. Oh, it's, it's miserable. So over. I wanted to end. I'm so angry. It was really cold yesterday. But I'm blaming that on why I'm eating so much right now. No, that your body wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, I either. can't help it. It's, it's the, the weather. Hibernation mode. So we are sending you out of town. That's right. Your chance to go on a sunny vacation to spring training. It's the 2018 Spring Training Flyaway. Now, here's the thing. Uh, The Pirates have traded away your favorite players. So you're probably mad at them right now. Well, we're going to send you to where they sent their players. That's right. You and a friend could win a trip to see Garrett Cole in West Palm Beach, Florida, or Andrew McCutcheon in Scottsdale, Arizona. Airfare, hotel, tickets included. Now, we got two winners, one for each trip. You take the nutting quiz at dve.com slash contests. That's how you get registered. It uh, the contest ends on February sixteenth. You got ten days to do it. So hey, they they're gonna uh, trade away your favorite players. We'll send you to see how they're doing now. <laughs> you know. And this is kind of like the Steelers quiz. 
Like, you don't have to know. You can always cheat and and look up the answers. Yeah. Except instead of getting you excited about the next thing for the Steelers, this will make you very angry. (laughs) Yeah, but then you get to possibly fly away and go visit your favorite players in warm warm weather. weather. That's true. Burn in for you. I think this was written about Courtney Love. (laughs) DVE. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's up? It is a hockey night in Pittsburgh, and uh, tonight's hockey night in Pittsburgh features the return of Marc-Andre Fleury to the PPG Paints Arena. The Penguins hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. The Pens checking in at 29-22-3, and 61 points. Good for third place in the Metropolitan Division. The Golden Knights are 35-13-4. and 4. 74 points, first in the Pacific and second overall to Tampa Bay's 75 points. And Marc-Andre Fleury thriving in his new home, 15-4-2 after an early season bout with a concussion. His goals against average is 1.84, his save percentage .939. Fleury uh, joining Mark Madden yesterday afternoon on the X and Telling Double M that uh, he's doing in Vegas what he always tried to do in Pittsburgh. Uh, I guess my job hasn't changed much. I right? still do uh, still love the puck, and uh, but other than that, I think it's different. I think in Pittsburgh, you you expected to win every every year, every night, you know, and on. Um, no, it's, it's not a bad thing either, right? I, I, I wouldn't. That's how I like it too, right? I want to win games and. Um, I think maybe it would start the season pretty. Uh, everybody was pretty loose. Everybody, everybody wants to do well and prove that they uh, they can play well in the NHL. And uh, I don't know, it's just we've created good habits, you know, doing that. And it's been uh, it's been good. <laughs> it's been better than good. Vegas is the story of the season in the NHL. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Nineteen three and two at home, but also sixteen ten and two on the road, adding up to that thirty five. 13 and 4 mark. It's a, it's a new team, and uh, the Golden Knights are figuring it out together. That's been a little easier for Marc Andre Fleury because of the presence of former Penguins teammates James Neal, David Perron, and Derek England with the Golden Knights. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, come, just coming into the team, and he just, you know, start from scratch. You don't know anybody else. So it's, uh, it was good to have these guys uh, there with me. I knew them all they could play, and uh, the whole off-ice too was, was good. It was easy to uh, um, to start building some chemistry on our team. Flurry returns to Pittsburgh as the Penguins' all-time winningest goaltender with 375 career victories. He's also number one on the Pens' all-time goaltenders' games played list at 691, and he is fourth in NHL history in all-time wins with one franchise. 375 with the Penguins. Uh, of course, Flory's also got a special relationship with the city and with Penguins fans, and he understands there's a reason why that hasn't faded. Um, no, I think the time I spent here, right? I, I was there for, for a long time. Um, I got in, I was just 18, and you know, didn't, didn't know much about anything, right? About life and about hockey and stuff, and um, this is where I grew up, you know, I, I met a lot of people, um, kids in schools and just, I don't know, different around the rink, you know, and uh, I guess I, I was very fortunate to, to meet a lot of great people. And, um. 
Sidney Crosby will be going uh, for his 400th career goal for the ninth straight game tonight. You but, think Flurry will let him have it? <laughs> no. Like Favre did for uh, Favre for Strahan. Strahan? No, I do not. Uh, some changes uh, <laughs> with the Penguins since last we talked about them in any detail. Tristan Jerry's back from HL Wilkesbury Scranton. He's now the backup, and Casey DeSmith is back in the AHL. DeSmith losing uh, three to one in Jersey on Saturday night, and uh, the Pens have recalled forward Zach Aston Reese from the uh, AHL club. John Sebastian D is back in the minors. Pens and the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. That's at seven o'clock on your Pens flagship, one o five nine. DX. That should be uh, quite a night at PPG Paints Arena. It's going to be some waterworks. I was listening to Double M ask Flurry if he thought he was going to cry. He said, uh, probably. Probably. We'll ask him later when he joins us on the show. I'm, I'm looking oh, forward good. to that. Oh, yeah. good. Bill Belichick uh, sticking to his story regarding Malcolm Butler and why the Patriots uh, most depended upon defensive back in the regular season Played just one special team snap in Super Bowl 52. Uh, Belichick telling reporters in Minneapolis uh, yesterday, quote, I appreciate the question, but it would be a much longer discussion. There are a lot of things that go into that. In the end, the final decision is what I said it was. We put the players and game plan out there that we thought would be the best, like we always do. Got to be something more to it than that. I mean, the rumors... That he, the one reporter saying he got caught with weed and had a meltdown on the coaches. Yeah, the report yesterday was saying it was basically a perfect storm of stuff. His sickness led to a bad week of practice, then he got caught with weed and was late for a curfew. And he wasn't great against Jacksonville in the game (laughs) before. Butler had said that uh, he could have changed the game in the immediate aftermath of the Patriots' loss. Belichick uh, addressing that said, quote, I respect Malcolm's competitiveness. And I'm sure he felt like he could have helped. I'm sure other players felt the same way. In the end, we have to make the decisions that we feel are best for the football team, and that's what we did. That's what I did. Malcolm Butler uh, now becomes a free agent. You know, he gets to, Bill Belichick that is, kind of walk away from this without having to really suffer too much more than this initial kind of, eh, other coaches this would be. I mean, well, we'll see if he gets away with it. He's getting it a little bit, which we'll I how, love. We'll I mean, that's just we'll see how he's treated moving forward. Um, in Seattle, Pete, um, Carol, Carol, thank you. The play that resulted in the Malcolm Butler legacy beginning was something that was widely derided at the time. He kind of, still, he they'll still, never forget that. Still, still, is he still catching up? Yeah, there? I think. Yeah, it comes up. Just one of those things that'll always dog him. I think so. But God, he's been to eight Super Bowls. He's won five. You'd think he's going to get a pass on this. Probably there, not, though. That's a pretty unforgiving part of the country. I, you know, there's there's a lot of um, either hate or worship for the Patriots, and I think that extends. That's fans are like that, and I think there's a certain element of that in the media as well. Um. I think you know he's he his record speaks for itself, but he is not uh, infallible, and uh, his mistakes are not are shouldn't just be 
overlooked. I right. mean, you know, if you're going to call other guys out for, for certain things that don't work, then you got to hold his feet to the same fire, don't you? I mean, you do. It doesn't mean they will. Yeah, we uh, we shall see. Uh, college hoops, the AP top twenty-five out yesterday. West Virginia checked in at number nineteen, and the Mountaineers went out and won at number seventeen. Oklahoma, seventy-five to seventy-three. Bob Huggins teams eighteen and six overall, seven and four in the Big Twelve. The top five teams: Villanova, Virginia, Purdue, Michigan State, and Xavier. I'm surprised. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin is still catching it as much as he is. To the degree that he is. It used to seem like it was like more of a a fan thing that never breached the media quite as much. But now it's like, you know, people are writing columns and we're talking about it on the radio a lot more. Well, it was interesting all the outcry after that Jacksonville loss and everybody questioning, you know, fourth down calls and preparedness right. and, you know, losing as a favorite and all the things that you can absolutely question the Patriots on now and personnel. I mean, it's... Is that mm-hmm. if that is a disciplinary thing? Is that the time to do that? It's, Guess it sends a message. I mean, do you risk the Super Bowl for a guy that you don't, you don't even know if he's going to be on your team next year? Or do you start that way and try to do that, and then at halftime say, "Hey, this ain't working. Get in there." Well, I think that's where people have the problem. I don't think if he's if you're the great guy who adjusts better than everybody else and out coaches everybody right, else. Right. Because you're a genius. Well, he's pretty good. He's very good. He's, he's maybe, pretty, the all, maybe pretty good. one of the all-time best, but he ain't the Pope. He's not infallible. None of them are, though. None of them are. I'm sure Lombardi screwed up. You know, some guy, you know, Gail Sayers showed up. Let, no, Gail Sayers. <laughs> um, Paul Horning showed up. Uh, well, tr- he, let tr- Max, he let Max McGee play the Super Bowl when he was drunk. I don't think he had any idea that he was as drunk as he was. <laughs> well, plus he wasn't supposed to. Somebody got hurt. That's why he got drunk. Yeah. He's he like, I'm he, not playing. He didn't think he was going to play. At least he didn't take acid. Plus, from what I hear, he just liked to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so even if he knew he was going to play. Well, it was a different league back then, right? <laughs> it Bobby? really was. Bobby Lane was a pretty big quarterback back That's then. That's why those championships don't count, Mike. That's right, Yeah, Mike. Yeah. You could play drunk. Yeah, Lombardi was irrelevant, according to one of the tweets I got yesterday. <laughs> Who was the Seriously? G- somebody said Lombardi. Well, no, I just I posted the uh, all-time standings, <laughs> and somebody said everything everything before the Super Bowls is irrelevant. <laughs> I agree. So I guess all those championships Vince won before he won the first two Super Bowls are irrelevant. Irrelevant. I guess, you know, Mike Ditka and George Hallis and Jim Brown, and, and that's irrelevant. I guess Johnny Unitas and the Colts winning the 1958 championship game. Uh, against the Giants at Yankee Stadium, the, ga- the game that vaulted the NFL into national prominence, uh, the game of the century, as it's still called, irrelevant. Irrelevant. I agree, Mike. You didn't get a Super Bowl for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point by you, Mike. Irrelevant. <laughs> Val, what, what were you going to say there, Val? No, who's the, who's the old-time football player that Letterman used to have on all the time? Art Donovan. Art Donovan. Yeah. That guy was great. Yeah. Art Donovan is hilarious. <laughs> I feel bad Vince Hardy died. Vince Hardy. Who's that was John Mahoney's character in Striking Distance. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, John Mahoney did pass away. The actor John He's Mahoney. Bruce Willis's father. We'll, we'll discuss some of his best roles. Also, my encounter with him in a men's room in Chicago. <laughs> Pat, what do you got coming up? Yeah, no, that's for real. We're wow. going to talk That's a real about, story. Uh... That's quite a tease. Oh, it's, you know, he, I don't know about scrambled eggs, but he was looking for some tossed salad. <laughs> Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk about how much guys really, really like their cars. Also, we will hear from MAF. 
Marc-Andre Fleury will join us. And also, Bill has the top five Philly fan freakouts post-Super Bowl in some of the most ridiculous displays of celebration ever known to man. <laughs> Any celebration before the Super Bowl didn't count. But these, well, these have left an indelible mark on the city of brotherly love. Plus, we'll have our brother, Billy Gardell, coming up at 9 o'clock, and Hall of Famer Mike Lang, 845. Yeah, it's a DV morning show. Justin Timberlake's music, the streaming of it, jumped 214% on Spotify. Oh, good for JT. Always does, right? He So he caught Not a lot of flack. Not at my house. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying whoever plays at the Super Bowl halftime, like their numbers go way, way up. Interestingly, Janet Jackson got a 150% boost as well. Hmm. So Good for her. He was catching a lot of flack because... You say boost, right? Boost. Okay. Because... Revisit the wardrobe malfunction of the Super Bowl that fundamentally changed broadcasting in the country. That was that was the biggest moment in broadcasting since not just television. Since I've been in broadcasting. And it changed our everyday here. That one moment. And to relive that moment, don't forget the official explanation of that. <laughs> was that he accidentally ripped off something on her jacket that made her breast flop out. Okay? So that's... And she just so happened to have a pasty on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a starburst pasty. So the official explanation is it was an accident. Everyone agrees. Justin Timberlake accidentally ripped her clothes off and her boob fell out. Now, what was the ramifications of that? For them, personally? Yes. I don't... Th I mean, they weren't... Janet Jackson was banned from radio stations across the country for a time. There were major protests against Janet Jackson because nobody believed what had happened there. No, was, was an accident. Right. Because otherwise, why would they? Why would you... Why would you have a pasty on your nipple? I Look, I'm not <laughs> saying... I think this is what happened. I'm telling you, this no, is the official I, explanation. Are you asking me personally? Yeah. Why do you wear pasties, Bill? <laughs> so, Just because you never know. Someone could try to rip your clothes off. Your tearaway clothes Justin come Timberlake off. is like, no, look, it's my fault. I accidentally ripped her clothes off. He got no backlash. Nothing. Now, and so people were pissed at him. So, you know, he had, the, there's a lot of the Janet Jackson lovers out there were pretty pissed at Justin Timberlake. Then come to find out, him and Prince didn't like each other. Huh. Prince did not like Justin Timberlake. Okay, that's more accurate, I think. No, well, Justin, once he found out Prince didn't like him, I think was not okay with whatever shots had come back at him. Now, apparently, I don't know the documentation for this, but it was being bandied about quite a bit yesterday, which was leaving people with a bad taste in their mouth because he used the image, like we talked about yesterday, even though Prince said, I will never be a hologram uh, if I was meant to jam with Duke Ellington, I would live in the same time as him. This is that's a demonic thing to come back, you know. Demonic. And he said, and I'm not a demon. But then he went on. He kept. He continued on, and he said, I think that thing they did with John Lennon, where they sang around a previous recording of his voice, was was like a disservice to him and in his legacy, and that'll never happen with me. Except the people it's that he signed his estate away to. to Hey, allowed money it, talks. Allowed it to happen. Greed. But then people got on Justin Timberlake and they're like, dude, Prince didn't want this. He never wanted anything like this.
And Justin Timberlake's like, yeah, whatever. How did the so, crowd react? Well, that this is my point. It there are a small group of people who hated Justin Timberlake because of the Janet Jackson thing. It is now a bigger group of people. Not not big enough to really mess up that guy's career. I think this album did more damage to his career than any appropriating Prince's image is going to do for it. But the white hot intensity of the hate ratcheted up by the internet now because it didn't exist the same way <laughs> as it did. And was it 2002? Is that when that happened? I think so, yeah. 2004? Let me look. Was it really? I go it by, I'm like, I'm thinking of what girlfriend I was with in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm like, well, it was a Shelly. That was, uh, yeah, I was ruining her life around 2003, wasn't I? Um, were you crying into her pasty after that? No, yeah, I remember we were both like, are you kidding me? That just happened? Because it did not look the and least accidental. bit accidentally. reached over and grabbed it. And re- I didn't even notice. So people are super pissed at, at Justin Timberlake. The people who were mad at him, now they really hate him. And I have a feeling it's going, you might see some reverberations from this. Yesterday, if the internet is any indication, that was the rock being thrown in the water and it, it might. Is Justin Timberlake a guy who is respected in the industry or just has a lot of fans? I mean, he's pretty well respected. I mean, he's, you know, accomplished actor, performer, singer. I mean, a dude is, nobody argues his talent. His uh, lack of accountability to start his career and the fact that he said that Britney, when she went to Las Vegas, he's like, that's something you do when your career is over, doing a Vegas residency. Huh, come to find out, JT, Britney launched a, a, a nationwide tour and it sold out in three seconds. Yeah, but she cheated on him. So that's like kind of not all the way on the square by him. You know what I mean? He's Jeez. probably just. Taking a shot at her. He's probably pissed at her for making him wear that denim outfit. <laughs> that once, remember they went, when they wore matching yeah, they, denim? They all, I forget that. Was it the MTV Awards? All denim, Grammys? everything. Yeah. Like, so, even, the, even our pasties? Even our pasties. So he's getting lambasted for his new album by critics, too, who they say it's just terrible. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this will matter or not. Everybody I was with loved it. And they loved seeing Prince. I think it was, you know... The image of the Prince symbol being cast over the city was one of the coolest things they've ever done in a Super Bowl. I agree. Uh, the way they lit Minneapolis that night was was super cool. So mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody had like a real problem with it being a tribute to Prince. And I posted the clip uh, on online. I just posted the quote. No comment. The quote from Prince saying he never wanted that to happen. And people were furious. Oh, is that really what we're angry about? They're like, really? Oh, so we're going to get mad about Justin Timberlake not abiding by Prince's wishes? I don't care. I liked it. I'm like, man, people are actually angry that they're finding out that something they enjoyed might have been against the wishes of the person <laughs> who they were enjoying. And they're more mad than it, that that's the scenario. Oh, get over it, Prince. I'm like, get over Prince it. is dead. Yeah, he's he doesn't he, have a problem with he, it. He, he can't get over anything. It's and like by a, the way, it's not gonna upset him either. He's definitely gonna be a hologram. They're gonna take him on tour. It's gonna happen. Well, there is a hologram tour launching. It was announced yesterday. The Frank Zappa hologram tour is going out, and this is another small but rabid fan base who will go to theaters and sell it out to see Frank in a hologram. 
playing with former members of his band. And that's just too creepy for me. I have watched too many episodes of Black Mirror. It is, <laughs> it, it is coloring everything I see now. Yeah, see, what you tell me about it, I can't watch it. You got to watch it. I can't. Come on. I, it will just destroy me. I need you to be existentially freaked out like me. <laughs> I'm already really freaked out. <laughs> so don't be surprised if Prince ends up on a hologram tour, despite the fact that he was vocal about never wanting it to happen, because his family is like, yeah, whatever. We rented out Paisley Park for... for for a bar mitzvah last week. Yeah. It's we're, a daycare we're, now. We are cashing in. <laughs> Paisley Play School. Exactly. <laughs> what do you got coming up there, Val? We're going to talk about the fact that booze can help clear out your brain and men love yeah. their cars more than their women. See? Also, we'll hear from Marc-Andre Fleury as he returns to uh, PPG Paints Arena tonight. And Bill will have your top five Philly fan freakouts post-Super Bowl. That's on the way for you on DVE. Hey, Valentine's Day is fast approaching, and the odds are there's somebody in your life that deserves to be celebrated. Your wife, your girlfriend, your mother, your sister. I don't know. Maybe there's an old goaltender you've been thinking about lovingly of late. doesn't matter who you remember on Valentine's Day as much as it does how you remember them. Thankfully, Pro Flowers and Sherry's Berries have you covered with a perfectly paired Valentine's Day collection. Flowers from Pro Flowers and strawberries from Sherry's Berries. They'll arrive in a specially designed box that'll make a Valentine's Day statement upon arrival, and it'll keep your flowers fresh and your berries cold. You can save 20% on the flowers and berries or on any other gift over $29 if you use my promo code, Mike P. Even if there's a flurry of activity around Valentine's Day, you can pick the delivery date and your flowers and berries will arrive guaranteed. Customer satisfaction is always number one or your money back. Visit proflowers.com and enter my code, Mike P, at checkout to secure your Pro Flowers beautiful blooms and your freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries and your 20% off any gift over $29. That's proflowers.com and Mike P. Think inside the box this Valentine's Day. Order today from Pro Flowers. It's like when Fonzie and, and Richie went to the Dude Ranch that one episode. That's what it would be like. You'd be you'd look that out of place in my mind's eye. Just Val with a sweatshirt on. Everyone's like, it's 80. She's like, I know. I'd, oh, I'm I could hot. wear flannel every yeah. day. Dude, She's got those and jeans a, on that she bought for and, Vegas. And a duster. Or wait, what was the outfit you bought for Vegas and then just returned immediately? Oh, it was some denim dress with spike high heels. What? I know. When the hell did you do that? I let some guy talk me into it. How old were you? <laughs> this is like last year. <laughs> 48. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. <laughs> I, I seriously thought that was like a youthful No, the guy, the guy was working at the store hmm. and was picking out things for me to wear. It was like, you look great in that. Wear this really? old denim Jimmy dress. Jimmy even said it. He's like, yeah, you look good. You should get it. And I got it home. I'm like, I am never going to wear this. I didn't know girls let guys pick out clothes for them in a store. I mean, guys always let women in a clothes store, like, tell them, oh, you look good in that. You're like, okay, good. Oh, thanks. You wouldn't lie to me, right? The other thing this guy brought <laughs> me was, like, a cover-up that you would wear at the pool. He's like, you could wear this on the airplane. I said, I will never. Like a muumuu? Yeah. Like My mom has a muumuu. Was it I would cheer? not wear that. Get it out of my face. The muumuu is a... You graduate to a muumuu. Like, there is a level of, I gave up. You know what? With the muumuu. I just want to wear a blanket. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. You're kind of a nana at that point, aren't you? Yeah. Nana's muumuu. 
Give me Maybe a slanket. Maybe he was trying to tell me something. No, I think he's just trying to sell crap and didn't know what he was <laughs> doing. <laughs> so and Tim was half paying attention. Right, like, yeah. yeah, that looks good. Just yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I'm tired of sitting here. Yeah, exactly. He's like, just, just get it. I, I got a hockey game. <laughs> I mean, the shoes were so ridiculous. What were they? They were these pumps that the heels were like six inches high. <laughs> it was like somebody you would see walking in heels who can't walk in heels. Uh, Valid like, a denim dress is like six inch heels. Like not need, you know, I'll bend over. <laughs> I just have to stand here. I can't walk in. Was it like the Britney Spears denim dress that when her and Justin dressed in denim? Uh, probably. It was a full like down to the knee dress. Denim That's heavy. Denim. With uh, no, it was real light. Oh, it was okay. With like a short little jacket. This might not be as bad as I'm th- I, I made it out to be. In my uh, mind, it had like rhinestones all over it, <laughs> patchwork. Yeah, a horse. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was something that Shirley a would, uh, would wear. A horse on the back. Yeah, something like that. All of the stitching was like very thick white stitches, so you could see <laughs> every seam. Oof. The hell in her denim dress. That sounds like one of those like uh, you know country music uh, song titles that they'd come up with at Christmas time. There would be some sort of parable about the Val's denim dress, like a Dolly Parton song about not being able to walk in heels, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> My feet hurt. She's contemplating killing us right now. I no, think. I'm. I'm just thinking. He also told me that I was built like J Lo and Kim Kardashian. So. <laughs> I said, great, two people I don't want to look like. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. You hate those people. <laughs> great. You got to know say, your audience, man. Just say, you have a big ass, so <laughs> <laughs> you should n- not wear this, but maybe wear this. <laughs> you have a- If you'd like to showcase that huge <laughs> ass. You know, you look this like on. John Goodman. <laughs> that's all right val somebody told me once that i look like the girl from just one of the guys it happens to the best of us was that steve byrne no i told steve that story and now he tries to retell it like it's his story the thing about steve is that he brings that up he brings that up all the time in front of people who have no idea no context don't even know what the movie is i know what it is you have to be of a certain age to know that movie i know the movie and the first time you told me i was like Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm afraid someday you're going to open your shirt and there's going to be boobs there. I'll, well, uh, just one of the guys. <laughs> like uh, like my name was uh, Terry. Terry. Yeah. Hey, I'm uh, Terry. <laughs> I watched that movie growing up, and this was what hurt me the most about that is that I, um, you know, that was a, a coming of age movie for me. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed that film, especially the scene where she reveals, reveals that she has some pretty great yeah. boobs. Whatever happened to that actress? She was, I was gorgeous. Just say, what was she ever in? Uh, you're looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's now on the TV. She went show. on to do radio. I'm right here, big fella. <laughs> what do you got, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Just looked up her IMDb listing. She mm-hmm. was born in '57. Really? Oh, so she was 30 when she did that role. Wow. God. Wow. Remember that dork that she was dating? His name was like Rick or something. Yeah. <laughs> and she like unbuttoned her shirt and he was like, wait a minute, where do you get off having those? <laughs> she was in Staying Alive, uh, Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series, LA Law. Yeah, just some I bit, think I remember her being in LA parts. Law. 
I don't know. Nothing big. She probably, she probably wanted, she, I'm guessing she's not doing any theater. I don't think so. Right. She had uh, the 21. younger pervert brother. Do you remember him in yeah. the movie? Mm-hmm. I don't know very well. 21 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. The U.S. Supreme Court is not going to stop plans to redraw Pennsylvania's 18 congressional districts. PA Republicans have less than four days to hand Governor Tom Wolf a replacement map to review and potentially approve. Should PA not approve a redrawn congressional district map in time, the state Supreme Court says it will create and quickly adopt one ahead of the May 15th congressional primary. Didn't the, didn't the uh, Republican legislators in Pennsylvania say they're going to impeach the Supreme Court justices that have ruled on this if they don't change their mind. I thought I read that before I went yeah. to bed last night. Like, how are they going to oh, do was that? that? Yesterday, I didn't see that yesterday. I saw that the judges declined their appeal. Rule of law. Uh, Larry Nasser has been sentenced to prison again. A judge in a second county in Michigan handed down a second state sentence of 40 to 125 years for three convictions. Oh of sexually molesting girls he was supposed to be treating as a gymnastics doctor. This hearing was notable because the final victim statement came from former Michigan State gymnast Rachel Denhollander. Her call to campus police in 2016 triggered the series of events that led to probably the biggest sexual abuse scandal in sports history. Before the sentence was handed down, Nasser got a 60-year federal sentence for possession of child porn and a different state sentence of 40 to 175 years for sexual abuse. Those two state sentences will be served concurrently but only after the federal sentence expires, meaning he will never get out of jail. Never. A new study out of the University of Rochester Medical Center has found that booze can clear your head. The study of mice found that drinking the equivalent of two and a half alcoholic drinks per day could reduce brain inflammation. It was also found to increase the function of the part of the brain responsible for removing waste products from the brain. High alcohol use, though? <laughs> That impairs the part of the brain, uh, that part of the brain, and increases inflammation. The World Health Organization reports alcohol contributes to more than 200 health conditions and causes about 3.3 million deaths around the world every year. However, increasingly, research has suggested a little booze will do you some good. A study last year found moderate drinking could reduce, reduce the risk of diabetes, while other research linked moderate drinking with better cognitive functioning. I always think like when I'm super hungover and throwing up in the shower, I always think to myself like, why do I drink? Why would I ever put this poison Poison. into my body? I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing this again. And then like later that afternoon, I'm like, I could go for a beer. (laughs) But every time I'm like, why would we ever do this? The human body is so delicate and pure and just you know why would you put garbage in it i think the thing for me is the like situational drinking is is the issue like i don't have a hard time if i'm not doing anything it's not like i'm like on sitting at home yeah but even if i'm not going out on a friday night it's not like i'm like i need to sit home and drink because i don't have to work the next day yeah it's the like if i'm going social to yeah but i mean something that's like geared towards like a football game or a concert you, or a concert then you kind of like you have that muscle memory yeah or you like go to new orleans or you know dinner d- well dinner or it's like tuesday <laughs> 
or like lunchtime, <laughs> brunch today. Sunday. Wait a minute, I think I have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. The uh, longer you make up excuses for when you drink, the more likely it is you have a major issue. For me, it's mainly a, a like being at a bar. It's it's really hard <laughs> to be at a bar for me and not drink. I do. I love bellying up. Tried. I love bellying up at a bar. If I'm with like a good group of people, that's like one of my favorite things to do. It's super fun. If there's a game on, that's that's great. I when I see people like pour a, a glass of scotch or something and just sip it, I think, God, I wish I could do that. That it's, seems so cool. It's, and mature. Yeah, it is. It's it is. It's it's yeah. not really. No, it is. no. No, it's not. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you're lucky. You're lucky that your body is literally allergic to alcohol. <laughs> you actually are. That's why you look like you're twenty five. And you know, I look like a big toe over here. <laughs> but <laughs> like <laughs> scotch, though, it's funny you said that because there was one time I remember when I lived on Mount Washington, for some reason, I thought I was going to drink scotch. I'm like, you know what? I'm drinking scotch now. This is a good This is a good So moment. I am. I've is, graduated. Two fingers. This lasted like two weeks. I lived right down, like right where Redbeards is. I lived like three houses down, and the Shiloh was up there. And it was a little fancier. You know, now it's like kind of like that cool, like, uh, you know, the Shiloh Grill. Uh, but back then it was like, it was a, kind of a hoity-toity place. And, but it was open all the time. So I'd go in there and like have dinner and the guy, like people would be drinking the fancy drinks. So I was like, <laughs> scotch, this is my thing. And I drank one night sitting there watching uh, the, the bartender, Baldhead Sammy, legendary Mount Washington uh, bartender. He had the Buckos game on. On a, like a small TV behind the bar, so I just kind of was like sitting there with him watching the game and like hanging out, and I drank like four scotches <laughs> on like a Tuesday, and I threw up on the bank on my way home. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, you made a deposit." I just threw up on a Tuesday night, and I didn't do anything. Like, Maybe scotch is not a great call for I think, me. Like scotch is right out for me from now on. <laughs> I tried to do that with Johnny Walker. Red. I was like, Johnny Walker Dude, red or Johnny I, Walker black. Remember that? I do remember that. Dude, I can't handle that. <laughs> you drank it at my house. My neighbor left it at my house. Oh, my you're like, God. I was drinking that. And I'm like, I don't know. You can, man. It's just sitting back there. And you're like, yeah. You slept on my couch that night. <laughs> <laughs> you How much did up. you drink? I don't know. I can't, I can't tell. That, that was stuff you can't maybe drink a- four or five oh, fingers. That night was... <laughs> My house was so, never grosser than after that night. I don't know what. I don't remember why we were there. But. Dude, that's why I drink Michelob Ultras. When I go so out, I want to drink 22. I want to <laughs> drink 30 of them. I just remember looking over at you, and you went from zero to 60. So, like two yeah, of them. Yeah, because I was drinking one? gasoline. You were. You, the light switch. And he was. <laughs> that's the life of the part. I do remember that now. And listen, I go from being real fun to real weird, and I'm gonna go off roading. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be in the woods. Yeah, but that's almost. Sorry, right. Th- that's good too, though, because that's a deterrent. It's if you just can drink all night and you don't ever change. You know, if or you're not. Or if you're in- the fun drunk. Bill is the fun drunk. I'm sorry. I mean, no, I can. I can uh, have a good weird. time. He gets no, no, weird, no, no, but no, that's no. the fun the, part. No, 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 no. <laughs> the alcohol is when I get weird. The alcohol, liquor. like liquor. Yeah. That hard out the hard set, night summer open when you were just going and you're just like making noises and oh god dude i walked down i walked down carson street that night you walked to with a golf club i walked into a bar ordered a beer 
drank it in the corner in the dark, <laughs> like a like the biggest creep you've ever met. Then dropped my beer and it shattered and spilled everywhere, and I just walked out. Hey, guy with the golf club, maybe you should leave. <laughs> I grunted my way home in a cab. I got into a cab, and he was like, "Where do you want to go?" I was like, Argh. "Dude, I remember because I tried to put you in a cab, and I was and I was about to put you in a cab. You're like, no, 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 no. I see my boys over there. I'm going over there. I'm going over there. And then you just went into a bar, and I was like, uh oh, best of luck. By the way, Billy they Nichols. had me up on their shoulders in that bar. <laughs> Like it was my birthday. <laughs> they were probably trying to protect you. <laughs> we better put Keep him on them our shoulders. Away from the beers yeah. up there. There's no Johnny Walker up there. Um, See how much fun we're having just talking about drinking. Just talking about getting loaded. I like fun. talking about drinking more than I like drinking. Now I wish there was an instant hangover fix. There isn't. I no know. Because I'd not. like to get drunk again, but. Except if you're it. super responsible and chug water as you're drinking. When I go to New Orleans, I order a drink and I order a water with no ice and I chug the water to start. Although when we went to Mexico a few years ago, I didn't have hangovers. And somebody <laughs> said it's because they don't put preservatives, uh, preservatives in the liquor here. I'm and like, they don't really? put liquor in the liquor I, there. I, so I that's it. why you don't have hangovers. <laughs> this is crazy. I had 19 tequilas and I feel <laughs> fine. That According- was not tequila. According to a new survey, 20% of guys in a serious relationship would rather spend time with their car than their wife or girlfriend. Survey wow. also found 12% of guys believe their partner is jealous of all the attention they give their car, and 14% admit to washing their car or going for a drive as an excuse to escape the family. <laughs> which is believable. And then 13% also actually have a pet name for their vehicle. That's My that's dad was a car ridiculous. guy, is a car guy. My older brother got it, but the, non, the rest of us didn't. I I have a great appreciation for him, but I never was like a go in the garage and gearhead. tinker with the car. Yeah, I was never a gearhead. Like, I understand that if you have a classic car, if if that's your thing and you're like obsessed and that's this is a 67 was, yeah. Chevy or what, mm-hmm. whatever. If you feel that way about your grand am, like, what are you doing? Like, dude, this is, you don't understand. I got this Corolla all souped up. I got ground <laughs> effects, spoiler. Like, meh. Why? I'm, Why are you doing that? I guess some people get into the sound systems now, too. That's another thing where. Oh, that's back? Yeah, because well, that was huge when I was 80s, a kid. In the 80s, yeah. Oh, no, that's that still, was it's still very much a big thing. Wow, punks. <laughs> Stereos were big and turn it down. A Florida man had some <laughs> splaining to do after he was caught at his condo's gym riding a stationary bike completely naked. Carrie Haynes jumped on the bicycle seat with not even so much as a towel of a towel to protect it and then started pedaling away, much to the dismay of his fellow gym goers. After an employee of the center objected to the 57 year old actions, he agreed to take it outside. And started pumping <laughs> iron while laying in the grass of the common area of the complex. Why not? I gotta stop coming to this Peladon class. <laughs> uh, police called to the scene, took him home, and encouraged him to cover up before taking him to the precinct and booking him on charges of disorderly conduct and indecent exposure. No mention of drug or alcohol use or mental health issues in the report. So, but you can guarantee he's probably drinking Johnny Walker. Probably, <laughs> yeah. A British woman who went to the supermarket to pick up a bag of frozen vegetables ended up getting a full-on ratatouille thanks to a cut-in-half rat that was included in the mix. Pat Bateman had already heated up part of the contents of the bag and fed some of it to her two-year-old granddaughter. 
For some reason, she looked inside the bag before she put it back in the freezer. The 60-year-old told reporters, quote, I couldn't believe my eyes when I pulled it out. It just looked like half a rat. It had fur on it. We Ah. felt physically sick after finding it. The grocery chain where she shopped offered her a $50 gift card. That's it? (laughs) She refused it. They have since upped it to nearly $700, but she has yet to decide whether or not she wants to get in on that. I mean, $50, that's a lot of rats that you could buy. I don't know why that story made me think of my dad won a a shopping spree in a grocery store once. Nuh-uh. Did he? (laughs) <laughs> Supermarket sweep. Yeah, it was now, so funny. Where was it? Shopping, saving Franklin. What was the like? W- like you just entered a contest, and I forget how much time they gave him, and he he could run through and grab whatever. Did whatever you guys he got oh pregame God. this? Did you Belichick game plan this? <laughs> Figure yeah. out. My mom was like, get laundry detergent. It's the most expensive Yeah, that's all I would do. I need a blueprint of the supermarket with all of the aisles and the contents of those aisles. That's another thing, right, because guys, most guys probably don't. Unless you're single, you don't know the layout of the store. God, no. I never thought of that. That's my whole thing, familiarity with the layout. Like, if that's more important to me than anything in a store. Do I know where the stuff is? Oh, yeah, no. That happened to me. They changed my giant eagle one time, uh, and I was having panic attacks. <laughs> I hate it when they do that. Where's the cereal, yeah, man? do it, like, every two years. Uh, yeah, when they it's, do that, it's not. It's very uncomfortable. It's where the yeah. band aids used to be. They no, should, well, they should give out Xanax instead of the little <laughs> deli meats when they do that. Everyone, relax. Los Angeles authorities are not yet calling Natalie Wood's death a homicide and are not prepared to bring murder charges against her husband at the time, Robert Wagner. I'm not sure why this is such a big story unless they're worried he's going to die and not be charged. A Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office homicide lieutenant, John Corinna, says Wagner remains a person of interest in her death. Because he was the last person to see her alive the night she died in 1981. Corinna went on to say that Wagner's previous public statements and what detectives have been told by new witnesses do not add up. Investigators say new witnesses have come forward and described a loud argument between Wood and Wagner at the back of their boat and then silence. Which, if they could hear them arguing, wouldn't they hear a splash? I don't know. Uh, His story never made sense. His, His story was that he was fighting with Christopher Walken... And she went down below and they never heard anything. And then, that you know, that just wasn't consistent with her having bruises that looked like she had been in an altercation and and that. Uh, Wagner has refused to be interviewed again about her death, which he's got to be in his 80s. Yeah, mm-hmm. this feels like something that Trump will pardon him for, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Forecast today, snow this morning, 30 for the high, snow, sleet, and freezing rain overnight and into tomorrow. It's 21 at DVE. Uh, it looks like Marc-Andre Fleury's uh, return to Pittsburgh is as emotional and as uh, celebratory as we thought it was going to be. We'll hear from Marc-Andre Fleury coming up in about 20 minutes. Plus, oh, Bill cool. has the top five Philly fan freakouts post-Super Bowl for you. And uh, so the Pirates are going to trade away your favorite players, huh? Eh, well, we're going to give you a vacation to go visit them. All right, Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And a big hockey game tonight, return of the, I wouldn't say prodigal son, but uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has spurred ticket sales on the secondary market to $600. Wow. In some cases. That's unbelievable. How is that? Flower is a boon to the economy. Uh, You know, I've said it before. I'll say it one more time. 
I get that Marc-Andre Fleury has played more games in goal than any goaltender in Penguins history. I get that he's our all-time winningest goaltender. And who that was there or was following along in 2009 can ever forget Game 7 in Detroit, right? Legendary. But this is a guy, to me, his career, when I think back on his career years from now, I'll remember him as a guy who got more grief when he didn't deserve it and more praise when he hadn't really earned it than anybody I can think of in athletics. It is such a microcosm of the Pittsburgh fan mentality. You see where I'm coming from? One, I mean, Totally. You guys were here. You used to get the Crushed. calls for his head, and he'd, he'd get destroyed when things didn't go in the, well in the playoffs. And, and then when he wasn't playing, he became St. Mark Andre. I it, I don't think it was the same people, because that would just be ridiculous. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to do a case study on that. Because there were always people that would explain away his losses, even when he gave up like thirty goals against Philly yeah. that one year. And that leads me to the second uh, aspect of Penguins fandom that continues to flabbergast me, and that is how I've never seen a team where the fan base is so divided fervently divided on they pick their guy and it's it's their guy above all else including the team and they will they will rip other members of the team to deflect blame from their guy if it if they have to i i just think that pittsburgh sports fans have a unique sense of loyalty that entitles them to absolutely berate and criticize beyond belief a superstar while he's playing. Hmm. But the very idea that he wouldn't play for that team anymore in that uniform incenses them beyond belief. <laughs> well, that, that anybody would want to take him away. Like, there's this, uh, I can say something about my brother, but don't you say something yeah, about maybe my that's brother it. type thing. You maybe know what I mean? That's family it. type, yeah. tough love sort of deal. Yeah. Um, to me, this has worked out for everybody involved. I, I think the Penguins are gaining their traction back. Uh, they look like they're they're remembering their game and what works and what doesn't. And they're starting to bring that on a consistent basis. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury is thriving as are the Vegas Golden Knights at thirty five, thirteen, and four. Fleury uh, fifteen, four, and two in his twenty one decisions and uh, just a glittering goals against average of one point eight four and a through the roof save percentage of point nine. Three nine, so he's doing fine. The Pens are doing fine. I, you know they were playing uh, so inconsistently through much of the season, and there was so many moving parts. Do you, do you think their record would be dramatically better if Flurry had been here? You know, I, I don't recall anybody said, "Oh, Murray sucks, and it's his fault they're not winning." They weren't playing well, and Vegas conversely has uh, got a bunch of guys who were told by their previous teams, "We don't want you anymore," and they seemingly have a collective chip on their shoulder and. They're responding to that, so good for them, right? It's a great story. Uh, they're the story of the league, and it's uh, the Pens and the Golden Knights tonight, 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena, and on your Pens flagship, 105.9 The X. Mike Sullivan didn't coach Marc-Andre Fleury very long, but uh, Fleury and Sullivan were together long enough here in Pittsburgh that uh, Fleury made quite the impression. Here's the Penguins head coach on Marc-Andre Fleury yesterday. When you go through the experiences that Mark went through, 
uh, the last couple of years, it takes a real professional and a real solid person to, uh, you know, to handle them the, the right way and the proper way. And, and uh, you know, we had some very difficult decisions. Uh, we tried to do what we thought was best for the hockey team, and, and Mark was, uh, was just such a professional in, in how he handled the whole thing. I know I can speak for myself. I, I can tell you how appreciative I am of how professionally he was. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of tough conversations, and uh, that that the, the, those conversations might have been a couple of the hardest conversations that I've ever had as a coach. And and the reason is is because of how highly I, you know, I think of him and we think of him. And so uh, he's just a, he's a he's a great player. He's a great person, uh, and he's a great teammate. And I think uh, I, I think he endears himself. Uh, to his teammates, and, and I think he gets that in return because of the type of guy that he is. That was uh, one minute and five seconds. When Sullivan hits triple digits, <laughs> you know he means it, right? Sidney <laughs> Crosby uh, spent much more time uh, playing with Marc-Andre Fleury than Mike Sullivan did coaching the former Penguins goaltender. And Crosby talked yesterday not about Game 7 or uh, – a particular victory in great detail, but uh, just about being with Flurry day to day and uh, watching Flurry go through what Flurry went through at the end of his Pittsburgh tenure. I think just his attitude. I think just you know, there's so much pressure on a goalie, and with our team, there's there's so much expectation too. And I think you know that that falls on the goalie's shoulders a lot too. And um, you know, I think that the mindset he had, he came to the rink every day and just had fun, put a smile on his face, no matter what the situation was. And I think uh, that's not always easy to do, and, and he found a way to do it. And I think that was that was something I think that you know I got to see up close for a long time. Flurry also talked yesterday about uh, Flurry, excuse me, Crosby talked yesterday about Flurry clearing out floors of hotels on the road by uh, unleashing stink bombs in his teammates' rooms. <laughs> that just sounds like a thing he would do. Wow, yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of pressure, and you got to deal with it. It's a grind, and you got to deal with it as as you can. Keep things light on the road, especially. Yeah. Derek Englund, James Neal, and uh, David Prawn also returning to uh, Pittsburgh with the Golden Knights. I don't know if those guys get tribute videos. I don't think they do. The David Perron video is going <laughs> to air pregame. You know, he's doing remarkably well. Uh, he really is. 13 goals, 33 assists, 46 points, and he's plus six. Point a game with an expansion team. And so Zingo. Plus six suggests he's actually playing a little defense for a change. That never seemed to be something he was all that concerned about. Derek Englund, uh, three goals, 13 assists for 16 points. And James Neal, 22 goals, 13 assists, 35 yeah. points, and minus three. Well, but you know. Only, only 22 penalty minutes for Neal. So maybe he's cleaned up his act a little bit, too. Well, however, this occurred. I mean, the NHL figured out how to introduce a, an expansion team that was competitive right away, which is almost, you know. Without precedent, I think there was an NFL team. I want to say maybe the Panthers came in good. Well, both uh, Jacksonville and Carolina both made their conference championship games in their second year. Yeah, that's crazy. But this is this is nuts. I mean, I've had this conversation with Mark Madden. I, I don't get why this team's this good. I mean, it's a great story. Ideally, any team in any sport, you're uh, you know, the sum of the whole is supposed to be greater mm-hmm. than the sum of the parts. You're supposed to work together and 
make you know be better because of working together. This thirty five thirteen and four is absurd, and you can't just. Uh... Attributed all to people coming into Vegas and partying, and you know. No, I mean they're sixteen to ten on the road. Yeah, they're they're winning another. Flurry's such a huge part of that too. I mean, to get a, a Stanley Cup winning goalie who's still young, in a weird way, because to start a team with, he was their guy, right? Like that was the yeah. building block. So yes. in a weird way, he was the perfect guy to do that with in a city where they were really yearning to have professional sports start to get a toehold. Uh, he's such an affable dude, a likable guy, easy, you know, to bring the families in on. Uh, and then he delivered, you know. And at the same time, a guy with something to prove and a guy whose character, uh, reputation of character probably preceded him. Uh, yep. They weren't expecting he was going to be hanging out in the strip joints in the gambling houses till no. 7 in the morning and uh, coming to practice drunk. Yeah. Lighting off stink bombs in the Tropicana. Yeah. Now the stink bombs are just his baby's diapers. Well, you know, a guy <laughs> who could handle that. Vegas because he, you know, he knows who he is and and what he wants. Yeah, they weren't life. putting uh, a dude who's going to stay. It wasn't Johnny Manziel. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> we'll talk with uh, with uh, Flurry, DVE Flurry here, and uh, looking forward uh, to that in a little Ooh. bit. But yes. some news about Bill Belichick's benching Malcolm Butler. There are some uh, yeah some reports, some scuttlebutt. There's I, scuttlebutt. I don't know if it's news. I. I I don't know. I'll say it. You don't have to. One of the reports is that the Belichick caught him with weed and that he had a meltdown on the coaches for like calling him out on it. He had been sick. He had had a bad week of practice. He had a bad AFC championship game. So it was uh, late for curfew. As Ian uh, Rappaport said, it was a perfect, perfect storm. storm of incidents that basically yeah. brewed up to. He called it, a, what, a minor transgression? Uh, like yeah, a curfew thing, yeah. That was another yeah. one. That, uh, I saw another report from a source I don't consider credible that was much worse. But I'm not going to go there because I don't think it's... Uh, send it to me. I'll go there. I want to know what it says. Yeah, I'd love to go there. This is all Patriot gossip, so I love it. Like I, I wouldn't indulge yeah, they're it. they're not it immune, I guess. Yeah. Them losing the Super Bowl is was good enough for me. By the way... But the fallout and just people talking about Belichick making the wrong call or... Tom Brady uh, not shaking Nick Foles' hand. The team not speaking with the media yesterday. One guy. One guy who's a backup linebacker. I mean, clearly, Belichick has no control over this team. No. They're, they're running a muck. They're poor sports. <laughs> they're poor sports. It's fun. Well, you know Brady is. And that's no knock on him being the greatest quarterback ever. He's... An incredibly poor sport. Yeah, that's that's it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't that stuff doesn't rub me the wrong way as much. When Cam uh, Newton does it, does it rub you the wrong way? If if he's a jackass in a press conference, because that's part of your job. Mm-hmm. No, I meant yeah. That, he got criticized for not shaking somebody. Yeah, I, you know if they if they want to do that, great. I don't, I don't think they're there to to set an example for some 6-year-old kid that's what your family's for. Well, that's what like with the Cam Newton thing, I think what plays into that is because he's like has been yeah. I mean, I'm not against fish in in press conferences. Yeah. It was easy for people to like criticize him for dancing you know, after he scored and like cuz people were looking for something to criticize him for. Yeah, probably some people were. I, I think a lot of him is a player. I really like watching him play. He's awesome. Yeah. Um I just rather him not gyrate his hips towards my child. <laughs> That's right, that letter to the Charlotte Observer. Yeah. There's uh, cheerleaders all over the field. And they had a moral conundrum of the quarterback dancing. If he could stop air humping towards the general direction <laughs> of my son, I'd appreciate it. 
The parade in Philadelphia is uh, tentatively scheduled to start oh, at yeah. 11 a.m. on Thursday at uh, the corner of Broad and Patterson. Broad Street and Patterson you Avenue. That's where the vet used to be. Any buildings that have not yet been burned down will begin being torched. Are they just going to wait to do any repairs until after the parade? Because they don't want to put the streets back together just in time for the parade to well, rip no. them all apart again. Plus, you got to see how Villanova does because they're number one again. So <laughs> maybe wait till uh, early April and see what happens. I love how they claim Villanova. It's not really a, a city school. Yeah, no. whatever. I mean, it's part of the Big Five, and Villanova plays a lot of games in Philly, but it's kind of like... Any excuse I can't think of an analogy, but it's... Luba Street Post and set a fire. Right. It's not like Penn, which is right in the middle of the city. Or Temple. Or Temple. But they're desperate. <laughs> they weren't desperate. All right, Val has news top of the hour. We're going to talk, talk about the biggest turnoffs in bed. Also, we'll hear from DBE Flurry and the aforementioned Philly fans. Bill has the top five Philly fan... Freakouts post-Super Bowl for you coming up. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer, 845. Billy Gardell, 9 a.m. Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. Brett Kiesel's 8th Annual Sheer to Beer taking place February, February 16th. Friday, February 16th. Jurgles Rhythm Grill. Special guest, Phil Bork. He's getting shaved, too. Also, Donnie Iris will be there. Chris Jamison from The Voice performing. Uh, this is going to be a great time. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, honored to be the MC once again. 6 o'clock, the door's open for the 7 o'clock show. Tickets available at dve.com, and this is going to be a big one. With the Penguins not having to play that night, I'm guessing you're going to see some cross-pollination. <laughs> Little Steeler Penguin oh, yeah. love going on, and he's buddies with Neil Walker, too, so you never, I don't know. It's a you beard know, yeah. duet. It's basically a Pittsburgh, like, you know, Mikey and Bob always call it Yinsplosion. It, it, it's kind of uh, one of those things where all of your favorite alumni <laughs> from across the spectrum seem to come out to this and uh it's like a super bowl celebration too what do you call it when somebody has like a steelers coat and a penguins hat like don't you always say that's crossing the streams streams. this is a crossing of the streams in the best way oh yeah like the guy from squirrel hill that was on the news that went down when yins are in the news barry barry the guy who was talking greatest city ever (laughs) well yeah but first he was he was mad because the stuff was he was hoping hopefully it's it's not toxic yeah because the stuff was all over it's all over the the street right property property. yeah uh you know my mom's car over there the yard exactly yeah he was wearing a uh pirates or no penguins hat Steelers sweatshirt yes and there was no doubt there was some sort of pirate shirt on underneath or yeah maybe some uh, like a bucko banana hammock. Right. Pittsburgh's the best place to live. Yeah. Agreed. So that is going to be Friday, <laughs> February 16th, and very much looking forward Will to Barry it. Will Barry be there? Because he really should be. <laughs> Barry might, might be there. I don't know. He might shave. Who knows? There's beard hairs all over the property. <laughs> all over my mom's car. He's got beard hairs in my mom's car. <laughs> Hopefully it's not toxic. <laughs> All right, let's shave Barry that night. Barry, come get shaved. You know, tonight at PPG Paints Arena marks the return of Mark. Mark andre Fleury, the new goalie of the Western Conference leading Las Vegas Golden Knights. And, boy, honored to have him here right now for what promises to be a very emotional return. Mark andre Fleury. Hello. Hello. Hello, DB. Hey. Flower. Uh, I have... uh... Return uh-huh. to my true love. Yeah. Uh, and it is uh, 
so emotional. Yeah. I have to uh, weep uh, for a moment. Uh, <laughs> 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 I will cease weeping to continue this interview. Wow. Yeah. It's so reassuring to know that you feel the same way we do. You're already crying, and you're feeling all the feels because we are... No, shut up. What? I was having a sarcasm weep. What? Why? I'm so uh, sick and tired of this uh, fatal attraction penguin fans have for me. But... but... Uh, it's over. Uh, Fini. Uh, have some dignity. Uh, you are embarrassing yourself? No, but, uh, Flower, I thought that... You... Uh, you thought what? Uh, you could keep uh, squeezing me like you are Pepe Le Pew, and I am a cat you uh, mistake for a skunk. Well, Pittsburgh, uh, uh, I am not your skunk. I am a Las Vegas pussycat now. Yeah, but everybody is looking forward to the in-game appreciation video. It's going to be... Uh, uh, what video? The... Uh, it is a, a two-hour-long uh, feature film. Starring Brad Pitt and directed by Spielberg. No, uh, it's too much. Yeah, but no, that uh, it's, back off. No, it sounds back off. That sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, that sounds creepy. No, it's great. Uh, and it has to stop. It doesn't. Uh, it's too much. It isn't. Uh, I have moved on. We haven't. And I have a new life. But and uh, you should get one too. Yeah, but when you left, you said you loved us and your relationship with the city would. And I did. Yeah, but in somewhere buried in the fibre of my heart, I still do. <laughs> But I will have many loves in the Bible of life. <laughs> Don't deprive yourself of loving again. As the song says, love uh, the one you are with. Matt Murray deserves your art. <laughs> Matt Murray is your rock now. Yeah, but I, 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 we know. Uh, we love Matt. But in our own way, what, what we had with you... Um, that was special, okay? It was... Let it go! No, let it go! I No, we don't want to let it go. Uh, let it go! Unfollow uh, on, we... on uh, Instagram. No. Unfriend on Facebook. Why are you being like this? Let it go! No. Oh, no. Uh, let, it, let, let it go. No, we can't let it go. We can't. Why? Tell me why you want to let it go. Because this is Pittsburgh. Damn it. We don't let go. We like Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, but we love the past more than the present because this is in our blood. Uh, we, but I always use protection, uh, so I never caught it. I will <laughs> return your affections. Uh, I will accept them this one last time. But then uh, you must bid me a deal. So, so you don't want us to follow through with the plans for the flurry statue? or? Uh, no, because I'm afraid people will have sex with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Au <laughs> Two degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A UPMC Mercy, Mercy patient is accused of sexually assaulting a nurse on Saturday. Police say Gary Day of Swissvale hit the call button for a nurse Saturday morning. Investigators say when the nurse arrived, he threw her on the bed, ripped her bra off, and got on top of her. Police say Day dug his fingernails into the nurse's back. Invisible scratches were seen when they arrived. Officials at UPMC cannot comment due to patient confidentiality, but police say they have charged Day with aggravated and indecent assault. Organizers of the South Korea Winter Olympics that open Friday are scrambling as fears about norovirus has sidelined more than a thousand private security staffers. Yikes. That's a lot. 
South Korean military personnel are providing security while the private staff undergo medical testing. Norovirus is highly contagious and causes symptoms that include stomach cramping and vomiting. Organizers also are worried about a cold snap that's moving in. Temperatures are staying below freezing during the day and falling below zero at night which is good for the Winter Olympics, but apparently it's got people freaked out. Some are already canceling their tickets for Friday night's opening ceremony. Oh, man, what a mess. Don't get the norovirus. Uh, I'm still waiting for the big Super Bowl flu to hit and knock everybody down. They they were terrifying us that we were all going to give each other the flu, the Super Bowl. At the game and at your parties. I wonder what I wonder if like partying was down for the Super Bowl this year. Viewership was down. I know that. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I think it was like lowest s- in eight years. Seven percent, maybe. Well, because I think people start to think of it like you know, it's become the Super Bowl has become the equivalent of "It's a Wonderful Life" in the Patriot Dynasty era. Like it's on every Christmas. Mm-hmm. We kind of every know time how it's a Super end. Bowl plays. Is it the color? Uh, Brady yeah. gets his trophy. <laughs> oh God, again. Yeah, it's just like oh, it's gonna be close, and they're gonna lose in the first half and be down by ten, and then come back and win it in the last second, and Brady will uh, be MVP <laughs> and spread Scientology. <laughs> Doesn't TB12 remind you of some sort of Scientology health regimen? Yeah, I'm shocked he's not a Scientologist. He probably is, right? Shocked. But I'm starting to think that maybe this is the way to go, that I've been criticizing it, and maybe by somehow diluting yourself into like a Scientology uh, ethos, you end up happier, even if it's because you brainwashed yourself into thinking you are. <laughs> the guy's never tried coffee. That's infuriating. Never in his life? Never. He doesn't eat mushrooms. <laughs> that part is not not like that. magic mushrooms, like no, a portobello. No, he I know, but it's like what's the reason? He doesn't it have an allergy. He won't eat tomatoes. Yes. Any darker shade vegetable, shade. he doesn't eat. Yeah, what <laughs> darker <but> what? shade? <laughs> he's a racist vegetable eater. <laughs> he hates. He's racist against vegetables. Okay. TB12. I, I want to do TB12. No, you don't. Do yes, it. I do. No, you don't. Is that going to be your new... That's my thing. Look, I'm like the Pirates. New this is a rebuilding year for me. All right? I am getting things rebuilt, literally. Listen, I want to tell you a secret. I it, I was expecting the Patriots to win, and I bought the TB12 book. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Because I said, you know what? I'm hay reading this thing, and if he wins again... I'm going to try whatever he's doing because obviously we're all doing it wrong. So if Gronk would have come down with the Hail Mary, you'd be reading the book right now. Yeah. But because well, no, I, I I read the book. What is, is it a lifestyle it book? It is. Like, yes. Or, like, Why like, did you recipes? sit on this information? You read the TV 12 book because, and talked about it? Well, because I didn't want to say anything because he they lost and I've really been enjoying the fact that they lost. Dude. Tell me how. First of all, how many pages is the TB12 book? It's it's long. It's like a big like textbook. Did you get the? Is there an audio book or did you? No, no. I just got the book. I mean, I honestly I was skimming it because all the stuff is he's hawking his products throughout this whole thing. Does he have his own like protein shakes? He's the Alex Jones of sports medicine. He is. He has TB12 electrolyte packs. TB12. Snacks, TB12 protein, TB12 workout gear, TB12 workout equipment. I'm doing it. He's got it all. Does he drink? 
No. Well, there you go, Randy. Got to stop drinking. He you has smoke weed. Got to be dry no. life, not just January. No. I'm not doing TV tomorrow. <laughs> he talks about pliability, so I looked up pliability. It's not a thing, really. Yeah. <laughs> Is Dude, it flexibility? I, wh- hold on, but one of the things I admire most about Bill is that he is a solution seeker, and he, he looking for a way. He yes, and so I applaud you looking at because t- look, how do you argue with it? I hate his guts because if gotta, he was like, uh, if you do this, you'll feel better every day, and it worked. Yeah, I mean, I'd be like, well, whatever. I hate the Patriots, but thanks for this. Well, and apparently he, it does. He treats his body like a sanctuary, and you know it. it He's been in half the Super Bowl since he's been in the league. But genes play a big part in it. You got to have a good head start. He does have really good genes. You got to have a good genetic. I think they're Wranglers. Start pl- starting place. And that's where I really. He has good genes. <laughs> that's my problem. I don't know how many TV12s I, uh, I would need. Yeah, but look at my genes. My dad was in horrible health. He lived to. Like 78. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Pretty good. He had his first so heart attack at 40. Yeah, but that was, you know, that's because he, like my dad, he ate gravy for lunch every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. My dad puts gravy on salad. <laughs> that sounds that's, pretty good. That's not Although not it would healthy. wilt the lettuce. So He's I, like, I don't think TB12 would, would okay that. <laughs> Does TB12 eat gravy? <laughs> no. no. What's a TB12 it. Thanksgiving dinner? I mean, his meals Grilled are, turkey loins. Now, again, he has a whole part of his book for recipes, and- it looks really good. Bring like it, the bring food the looks good. In. I will. Maybe the the food looks I'll really good. It's it, but it's like if you have a chef living with you who's making you these amazing meals in 19 different ways and then you have somebody who's massaging you before and after every workout. Yeah. That's a huge help. Rich people telling me how to live doesn't go over too well sometimes. <laughs> Because they have no. chefs and nannies and but, housekeepers. Right. And- I need like a hobo 12. I need somebody <laughs> who has no budget and not even really a house to tell me how to live. By the way, if you want to make millions of dollars, uh, audiobook version of TB12 read by Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> how about just the series of Gronk reading the classics? <laughs> you know what I mean? Awesome. Moby Dick. Yeah. He would just be oh giggling the entire time. He wouldn't make it past no. the title. He'd be like, Moby Dick. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> he and then he'd that. fall down. Then Herman Munster left. Greatest of all time. Oh, my. That guy is infuriating. Brady. He's just... It's every single thing that he does, he spends every waking minute improving himself. How does he get hair it's transplants? exhausting. He gets, hair, he gets a hair transplant, and it looks awesome. And eh. Brian, where, where did he get it from? Someplace in Rhode Island. But Brian Erlacher gets one, and it looks like <laughs> Robbie Brown. It looks terrible. Yeah, he it looks, looks like looks like sod that didn't take. <laughs> it looks like Heinz Field. <laughs> it's just kicking after up. that one after, after the, the Miami game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a football sticks straight up yeah. in it. Everything he does, he does it the right way. It's incredible. I mean, he lost he the Super Bowl, the but it wasn't. He had 505 yards passing, but like the, the like pliability, like he the his long. I think what what his long long term goal is is to set up a bunch of these TB12 sports complexes 
all over the New England area because he keeps saying, you know, the pliability is really ideal for peak performance, but, you know, we need to have you come into the, you know, yeah. the, the TB12 facility. facility ideally. And I'm uh, like, oh, wow, he's a real, it's, he's a huckster. I mean, dude, he's selling his product. So pliability is flexibility. Yes. Pliability is like a deep tissue massage with stretching. Like it's 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 sort of like preparing your muscles for impact, and then it's it's super targeted. Like the guy is like lifting his arm several times before. Like I, I can't explain it. You'd have to see the Tom versus Time documentary on Facebook. It's gonna drive me crazy because it's. I just realized he's gonna feel good for like fifty years, and he's never gonna shut up. He's gonna play till at least another five years. He's. F- Wait, what? If he gets hit by a bus. <laughs> what if he gets hit by a bus. Well, that'll be to the end of that. I guess we can all dream. What? Yeah, I don't think he, he's he's near buses that would hit him. The only bus he's near is the one that takes him from the hotel to the stadium. Well, sometimes there's accidents. Yeah, I think he's okay. I don't know. when. Maybe if he's ever around Jerome, he can <laughs> get hit. According to a new study, tall husbands and short wives are the happiest and have the best marriages. Researchers studied almost 8,000 marriages and found the bigger the height difference, with the man being taller, the happier relationship. I can uh, see how it would it make the guy happier. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't last forever, though. The extra happiness fades over time, and it peaks at about 18 years, and it just all evens up. And Match.com recently conducted their Singles in America survey with 5,000 singles ages 18 and up. They asked participants what their biggest red flags were during sex, the thing most likely to make them say it was bad. 82% said too much talking. Quickest way to get a bad rating in the sack. So then I said to the guy, can you please, can you shut up? No passion was second, followed by little movement and being a bad kisser. Little movement. The survey also looked into what makes for good sex. 83% say a caring and enthusiastic partner is the number one sign of good sex. Second on the list, good communication. You can do it. And being a good kisser (laughs) came in third. I'd love to do it. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) All three of those things ranked higher than Arrival. On the list of what makes good sex. Uh, yeah, because women think, are like, look, that's that's a level that he's probably not going to reach for <laughs> a, a long time. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That's got to be understood, right? I mean, there's no need to list that. No, well, apparently it was on the list, and it was not in the top three. That's like what makes a good dinner and so you don't having have... the list swallowing. I mean, well, <laughs> you know you're going to do that. That's on the list as well. Well... Not necessarily. (laughs) (sighs) TV 12. Foo Fighters uh, know how to have fun with the mundane parts of touring. In the past, they've included silly requests on their riders. uh, You know, like the brown, no brown M&Ms for Van Halen was a very (laughs) well-known one. But they have decided to get creative with the types of items banned from their shows. A sign outside Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, New Zealand on Saturday night included the standard list of prohibited items like glass bottles, laser pens, and umbrellas. But other items on the list were just plain silly, like unflattering photos of Ryan Seacrest, derogatory press clippings of Shania Twain, 
Mixtapes not in CD format. Any mention of Friendster or Webster starring Emmanuel Lewis. Pirated VHS tapes of Land of the Lost. And uh, any pencil that isn't a number two pencil. So those guys just having a little fun on the road. Snow this morning, 30 degrees for the high today. Snow, sleet, and freezing rain overnight and into tomorrow. It's 22 at DVE. So one of the super fun aspects of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, aside from ensuring that the Steelers retain the most Lombardi trophy wins, is that the Philadelphia Eagle fans have taken to the streets of Philadelphia and they have, well, I mean, they made the Bills Mafia look quaint, didn't they? They hit for the cycle. Philadelphia did not disappoint. And here with the top five Philadelphia fan freakouts post-Super Bowl win, Bill Crawford, uh, you have been scouring the internet. Uh, yeah, I have. And I want to say that narrowing this down to five was very difficult for me. It's like trying to pick the five worst Vin Diesel movies. I mean, there is... <laughs> Many worthy candidates, but it's, you know, it's it's not easy to settle on a handful of moments from a riot, but that's my <laughs> burden to bear. Yeah, right. Honorable mention, by the way, to the guys who managed to climb the lubricated light posts and either shook stoplights loose or just jumped off. Someone on Twitter said that the entire city was playing that childhood game, The Floor is Lava, uh, and yeah. I think that that really sums it up <laughs> yeah. the best. People were on cars. Bus stop shelters, the Ritz-Carlton awning. It was glorious. Oh, yeah. All right, let's start this list. Number five. Frank! Hey, honey. Hey. What the hell are you doing? We're streaking. We're going up through the quad to the gymnasium. <laughs> Who's streaking? There's, there's more coming. Frank, get in the car. Everybody's doing it. Now. Okay. <laughs> they say behind every man who's a hot, drunken mess, there's a woman who's hammered and streaking behind him. <laughs> there was a female running down Broad Street with her pants and underwear around her ankles, no shirt or bra on, and an eagle head mask. She was so happy that they won, she just had to bust out her bald eagle. Both of them. That level of fan pride is the Philly version of the double rainbow. It's just as gloriously unexplainable, but not nearly as rare. Number four. Look, man, we got some fine new wheels. We got some good tunes and a total disregard for public safety. <laughs> You're right. Okay, let's go. All right, baby. Hey. Wait a minute. These waves are mine. We'll all be planning out a <laughs> Philly fans brought back car and truck surfing. I haven't seen anyone do that since Scott hopped up on Styles Wolfmobile and Teen Wolf. <laughs> never mind that that was never actually a thing or that it was a movie about a werewolf teenager with insane athleticism. They got after it while puking and undressing on top of a car, and that really took it up a notch. I mean, think about it. Teen Wolf just did a handstand when he was sober. <laughs> Number three. the gates you know fred rogers always said whenever there's a catastrophe look for the helpers some fans had a keg and needed to get it over the gates of city hall 
And by golly, there were several helpers there to do the good work, making sure the party continued. If you saw this gate, the pictures of this gate, Philly looked like if World War Z were told from the rampaging zombies' perspective. (laughs) Philly, Philly, my good men. Philly, Philly, indeed. Enjoy your Bud Lights. I'm sure you'll drink responsibly. Number two. Eagles fans went full Animal House in a Wawa. Slurpees, Pop-Tarts, and snacks exploded in the aisles like mortar shells in a misguided, all-friendly fire war reenactment. Hey, we won. Let's rifle donuts at strangers in a convenience store. Look, Pittsburgh fans aren't angels, but there's no way we would defile a get-go after a championship. Now, that's mainly because... We'd be worried about getting caught on camera and losing our fuel perks indefinitely, but still, it wouldn't happen. And number one. You're going to beat me? The golf? <laughs> oh, you're on. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of for breakfast? <laughs> Horse nuggets no. are a dish best served. Never. Seriously. Not not even to your enemies. It's just gross. Don't do that. You know it's been a long time since your city has won anything when they celebrate by eating crap. In Cleveland, it's understandable. They hadn't won anything in over 50 years. They've been eating metaphorical poop forever, but the Phillies just won the World Series like 10 years ago. There's no excuse. When your team wins, you dine in heaven, not in the horse stable. That's the day you get to stop eating excrement. You won. (laughs) It's the end of the list, but honestly, there were just so many that I left off because this was glorious. I mean, there were video after video of them throwing trash, (laughs) fighting each other, tearing down street poles. It was like fighting each other like and hugging afterwards. Yes. The scene of everybody climbing the gates of City Hall. Oh, my God. I pictured, I saw that, and I pictured Washington and Jefferson and Hamilton <laughs> and all those guys being in the room, uh-huh. which is about 50 feet from that gate, and putting the finishing touches on the Constitution, looking out and seeing that, and ripping it up. <laughs> right. And saying, you know what? what? Forget it. Let the <laughs> British deal with For, this. Yeah. <laughs> Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang, 845. Billy Gardell, 9 o'clock. Full sports report next on DVE. DVE Sports. All right, Mike, proceed with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. It is Marc-Andre Fleury night at the old ballpark tonight, but it's also the Penguins against the Vegas Golden Knights. 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. And once everybody gets past the emotional returns of Flurry, Derek Englund, James Neal, and David Perron to the fighting city of Pittsburgh, the Penguins are going to have to get down to the business of taking on Vegas. And that has been a tall order for NHL teams this season. The expansion Knights are 35, 13, and 4. 74 points. Trails only Tampa Bay's 75 in the NHL's overall standing. Sidney Crosby has a pretty good idea why that's the case. Well, they're a really good team. Yeah, they're, they're playing really good hockey, and 
Um, you know, playing against them and watching them play, they just they play the same way. You know, you can't take a shift off. Every line plays the same way. Uh, play a really good team game, and uh, you know they went through I think three or four different goalies early on here and had some adversity and, and got through that. So I think any team that's able to to survive that and, and play the way they have um, you know, shows that you know a lot of their, their depth. Yeah, they have uh, they have used five goaltenders this year. Have the Golden Knights? Mark Andre Fleury is fifteen four and two in twenty one games, a one point eight four goals against and a point nine three nine save percent. The backup Malcolm Subban, eleven three and one, two point five nine point nine one two. Maxime Legace is six six and one. Oscar Dansk is three zero and zero, and uh, Dylan Ferguson. <laughs> Also played a part of one game. Five goaltenders, and they're 35, 13, and four. And it's pretty remarkable. Ah. I have no explanation for that whatsoever. The Knights beat the Penguins 2-1 to one in Vegas on December the 14th. The Penguins will try to get even in the season series tonight, but they'll have to do so without winger Patrick Hornquist, who is week-to-week with a lower body injury. The Penguins not having Hornquist, not an ideal situation. Here's head coach Mike Sullivan. Well, it's hard to, it's hard to replace Horny's energy, I'll tell you that. He's, uh, he, he, brings so much, he brings so much energy to our dressing room, to the bench. Uh, it's not quite as vocal when he's, when he's not around. Uh, but certainly we've got to bring the same. Our, our team plays at its best when it, when it brings a, a level of emotion. And uh, you know, I, I've always believed that this game is rooted in emotion. It's it's about passion. And it's about a will to win. And and if you're not emotionally invested, it's hard to be at your best. And you know, I think Horny might epitomize that. And so uh, we've got to make sure that we bring the same level level of emotion, even though he's not in our lineup. Uh, and and so that that we we need that necessary emotion to be at our best and gives us the best chance to win. Emotion shouldn't be lacking tonight. Uh, clearly, the Knights have to be aware of what this game means to Flurry, and they would presumably feed off that. And the Penguins, conversely, ought to be as amped up as they they'll be all regular season, trying to beat their former teammate and you know feeding off the crowd and everything else. But not having Hornquist long term, that's going to be uh, tough to work around. He doesn't have the the pure talent. Of, uh, of getting Malkin or a Crosby or a Chris Letang, but based on the consistency of his game, the do-the-dirty-work nature of his game, and that, that emotion that you heard Mike Sullivan talk about, the, the way he brings that every night, I think he's right up there, Hornquist, on the top line with the Penguins in terms of, uh, you know, if you want to have an organizational depth chart of in terms of importance. Yep. He is a key guy, a critical guy. Right beneath the superstars, he's the prototype. He's, he's the type of player you want to fill the rest of the roster with. Yeah, and I think we under undervalue what he brings from time to time because he's just so consistent. You can almost take his game for granted on, on and off the ice. Uh, and he's a pain in the ass to play against, yeah. which I love. I love that about his game. Pens in the night, 7 o'clock tonight on your Pens flagship. 105.9 The X. A little more fallout from the Malcolm Butler saga in New England. Former Patriots linebacker Rob Ninkovich did an interview with WEEI in Boston uh, yesterday. ESPN.com reporting it as follows. 
uh, regarding Butler not playing any defensive snaps and just one special team snap in the Super Bowl. Quote, I mean, if it was discipline, I don't know if that's the best way to go about it. You need good players on the field to execute. Bill says it all the time. Bill will say it in interviews. Coaches don't win games. Players do. Coaches lose games. He might have lost that one. Yeah, but he even couches that a little bit. I don't know if that was the best way to go about it. Deion Sanders saying it was a mistake by New England. I can't people just say it was a boneheaded move. I I honestly don't think Deion Sanders was intentionally trying to avoid saying Belichick. I just think he was speaking in very soundbite-like terms. He, He might have been, but he managed to avoid saying Belichick when he did it. Yeah, everybody's accountable, right? Oh, I love this. Please keep doing it, Mike. Well, the reason I'm doing it is I want this narrative to go away of comparing everything to Belichick when things don't go wrong. You know, if Mike Tomlin screws up, let's just say Mike Tomlin screwed up. Let's not say, oh, that would never happen in New England and and somehow imply that uh, the Patriots' way is superior. Maybe it's just Brady's been superior. And Belichick, to a degree, has been uh, the beneficiary of that. Not that he's not a great coach, one of the all-time greats, but uh, he deserves uh, what he earns and and what he has coming, just like everybody else. They have have a lot to answer for after that game, not just the Butler thing. they got to go out and get some defenders. And and some of the decision-making, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, the the jet sweep on third and short, the decision to pass up a 53-yard field goal that everybody considered makeable given that the game was uh, where it was indoors, uh, that stupid reverse on the last kickoff return. Throwing to Brady. They screwed some stuff up. <laughs> Even and, though it was wide open. Why would you use that trick play there? Well, it was because it was I mean, wide it's open. third down and great, but that's that should be for a touchdown, man. Yeah, maybe just... Catch a shotgun snap and throw it to Gronk for three yards? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they have some good receivers. There was a tweet yesterday from Top Rope Report. I have no idea what this is, but the tweet said, the Eagles will not go to the White House. It was a team decision made prior to the Super Bowl in the event they won as a sign of team unity. And I bring that up not to make a political statement, but just to point out, oh, my God, they looked ahead and thought about what they would do after winning the game before the game was played. And yet they still won it. They looked past the Patriots. Looked right past them. Yeah, thought, and- thought about how they're going to celebrate. Yeah, that's going to happen in the playoffs. And they had three very vocally active uh, players on that team. Who were speaking out a lot about a lot of the issues that uh, Long gave up his whole season contract. Yeah, every paycheck to to Charlottesville funds and things like that. You don't have to think about what your responsibility is on third and eight against the dime defense every waking moment of every day before right. a game. Not everything is a distraction you just can, because you, you don't can agree with. Think it, about but. some other stuff. That being said, Le'Veon Bell's hip hop career is terrible <laughs> and a distraction, and he should stop doing it. <laughs> I'm starting to think it's more plausible he might not be a Steeler next year. He changed his social media handle. That's right. Changed well, his Instagram. We don't really know if he wants to be. We don't know how 
aggressively. They're trying to pursue a long-term contract or if they're just going to tag him again. And you wonder if they're looking at what's going on in the league and thinking, hey, two, three, four yeah, guys for people $15 look, million instead of one. People looked at Le'Veon Bell and changed what they were doing. He was a guy that changed the strategy of other teams. He is dynamic. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Well, if, I mean, don't you think people were looking like the stock of running backs went up because of Le'Veon Bell? Guys who could catch the ball out of the backfield all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't know. You think Todd Gurley wouldn't have been drafted where he was if Le'Veon Bell hadn't done what he did? No, but I guess the point would be that there would be other people who were there were yeah. reaches because of everybody I, was looking for that kind of back. People have been throwing the running backs for years. Uh, I still don't see no, a lot. Of, not a new I thing. still don't see a lot of guys doing what Le'Veon Bell does, lining up in the slot or wide right and running wide receiver routes. I just, there's it's not a lot of guys that can do that. I, I haven't seen that copycatted. A great deal, I guess, is my If point. he ends up a New England Patriot, though, I'm going to lose my mind. What's left of it? Well, if he goes free agent. We're... He goes where the wind blows. Well, where they can afford him. I would think that, you know, when he's looking to be paid as a running back and a second-tier receiver, all in one, that there are only a few teams that could actually afford to be able to do that, and they would be bad teams. Or offensively challenged teams. I mean, the Giants come to mind Odell Beckham is trying to get him to come there and think about yeah. what how he would think about New York my rap career yep it would just be take off you want to get me to the big apple I think, that guy would be smoking so much I th- weed I think New York might get to him I don't know if he if he would handle New York no I don't think he would I don't think he's making like, smart decisions that <laughs> stuff's happening here imagine that's what I'm saying yeah in the biggest spotlight like Garrett Blunt was able to uh, screw him up. That town's full of like Garrett Blunts. By the way, that guy has three rings since he left here. I know it's amazing. <laughs> Best movie ever made. I hate him for that. Ugh. Mike Lang's a hockey hall of famer. He's got some rings. He's going to join us when we return. We'll talk about the uh, Mark Andre Fleury uh, celebration on tap tonight, and more about this. Uh, the the Pens turning it on here. Um, I don't remember who tweeted it the other day, but, you know, I think it might have been Yoey saying something to the effect of, you know, they might not be as good as they were last year, but they get to the playoffs. That's a tough team to beat four times. Probably that proverbial team nobody really wants to face, right? Right. I like being that team. I'm all right being that team. I love being that team. Yeah. Nobody wants to face them. Uh, Instead of that team that everyone wants to face. (laughs) Cleveland. Thank God we got the Bills. It is the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now to talk Penguins Hockey Hall of Famer, Mike Lang, and you can hear him, of course, on our brother station, 105.9 The X. Mike Lang joining us now. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Mr. Lang? I'm here. I'm here. Hey, how are you? Uh, the snow was getting in the lines there. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, we had a little... Uh, uh, you know, either that or the pigeons there around uh, the, the big building or... You know, jumping on the wires yeah. or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> a little goofage there. So tonight, Mike, the, the return of Mark Andre Fleury, and uh, everybody knew that this moment was going to be a uh, a celebration, and he was going to be welcomed back with open arms. Though he plays for the uh, Western Conference leading Golden Knights now, he'll always be a Penguin at heart, and in the hearts of Penguin fans, you know he's one of the all time greats and most beloved guys ever. Can you think of 
who this compares to coming back to play against the Penguins? I don't know about coming back to play against the Penguins, but I do feel the same uh, buzz and excitement that I felt when Mario came back to uh, come out of retirement. That's that's the feeling you get here. It's not going to be quite on the scope from a national standpoint that it was, where every possible uh, media outlet uh, came in those days and uh, when he came back. But it's going to be pretty pretty full, and it is a uh, it's a moment around this city anyway that you've been feeling really for about the last three weeks, really kind of in a crescendo in coming, and uh, it's going to knock your socks off tonight. I really believe that. Um, the, the outpouring will be uh, tremendous, and uh, yet Penguin fans find a way, even if players have come back, uh, to want to beat those players. And uh, So it'll be a battle tonight, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. And you've got a lot of close friends playing against one another. Uh, it's good for hockey. It's just great for a, a feeling of a game that's going to have something. But the, the inspiration from it all is that they're all competitive, and they all want to win. And uh, that's going to be the beauty of the game. And you've got a good hockey club coming in here, a really good one against the Penguins. Yeah, how do you account for that, Mike? I mean, it started out, they won a couple games. Oh, that's a cute story. They haven't stopped. You know, I account for it from the fact that I could give George McPhee and that uh, whole crew a, a lot of uh, high marks. I mean, they went and did their research and uh, and uh, came up with uh, some really, really good players. And, uh, they're, you know, that's uh, a credit to them. they got the right coach. They've got the right uh, atmosphere. And uh, they've made it work. And they're for real. I mean, they have a four-line team that uh, – that is very difficult to play against, and they're they're kind of playing like the the uh, Mighty Ducks, <laughs> you know, from the movie, uh, <laughs> coming in like uh, and the whole world thinks we're not any good, so we just keep playing for one another, and it's kind of uh, worked its way off of it. And you've got guys that were, you know, have something to prove too, because they were basically released by their teams uh, in a lot of ways in the expansion draft. So uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, impetus there, I think, for the players to want to succeed. And they've gotten great goaltending. I mean, there's no question about that. That's a key, a key factor. And they've found a way to, to know how to win, and, they, and they're doing it night after night. Not only home, where they're really almost unbeatable, but they're doing it on the road too, Mike. And they're they're a solid team. Everyone makes a huge deal about Flurry coming back, but I wanted to ask you what, what what's the players' perception of Neeler? What, James Neal is going to be coming back as well. Oh, he's dangerous. I mean, uh, uh, you know, he's already made that trip once. Uh, uh, coming back uh, from Nashville, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's a guy that uh, the Penguins traded James Neal because Nashville needed some goal scoring. The Penguins needed some grit, and they got it in Hornquist. And uh, Neal has done the job for not only Nashville, but he's gone on now and continued his success. I mean, you've got these were good trades for both teams. Uh, it got Nashville to the final last year uh, in helping with uh, that cause. The Penguins, of course, have been in there the last two years. With Hornquist, so both teams have uh, have satisfied their needs, and uh, you know a lot of times if the trades don't pan out, one team has the uh, advantage. But I think in that case, it was good for both. And uh, you know Nashville with cap problems. I mean that's another thing. We everybody's kind of got cap problems, uh, uh, Crow, and and it's it's not unusual for great players to really go to other teams because of it. I, I'm wondering how the fans react tonight. If Mark Andre Fleury is pitching a gem, are they going to start cheering saves that he makes? Well, he's got his little rooting section down there, and that's going to be a battle because uh, you know Murray's kind of taken that over that role 
put the fans in behind the uh, the glass and the and and the one end. I, I'm I'm sure it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> he's going to have his moments. I mean, the flower is, and uh, but I, I don't know if it's going to uh, affect the play. I think once you start playing, Randy, in a game, it's. Uh, you know, it, it, your natural competitive spirit just kind of takes over. And uh, the first bump on somebody, the first play, and all of a sudden now it, it's the same thing. We know we got to try and win this hockey game. But they'll be a part of it, and Murray will be a part of it too. I mean, the goaltending will be, you know, center stage with the spotlights on uh, and looking at it. But sometimes those type of games where you just, you're just you anticipating something to happen, and all of a sudden it ends up a 6-5 game, and uh, – uh, you know, whoever gets the last shot wins. So I, I'm not sure how it will turn out, but it's going to be exciting, no question, for the fans uh, and hockey, really, in general. I'm hoping for one more Staggy-inspired Flurry Murray chant from the crowd. <laughs> I'm not. Well, here's what I'm kind of interested in uh, is this battle galore here between 87 and 29. Um, they are dear, close friends. Trust me when I tell you that. And uh, sat on the plane for years together. It's going to be interesting to me to see how that matchup is and whether Sid can get his 400th against the flower. And you know that's going to be a battle. So uh, that's the kind of thing that I'm zoning in on. I, I'm looking forward. And, and if behold, by any way, that Vegas is up 6-1 in a game, whether or not the flower would be honored about Crosby score a goal against them <laughs> to get his 400s to have some chuckles during the summer. So uh, just a little sidebar, but uh, that that's going to be one of the real good matchups tonight, 87-29. Oh, I could just see it uh, going to OT tonight, Mikey, coming down to the shootout. 87, cruising down the ice at 29 for the W. Mano Imano. That 80 foot poke check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mikey, what are you listening to these days? What's good in blues? Uh, not a whole bunch of new stuff. I just kind of like you're going through a lot of the old and enjoying that. Uh, you know, it's it soothes the soul, Randy, as you well know. Oh, Music yeah. is, a, is a wonderful venue to have at your disposal to uh, kind of make the body better. So yeah, uh, that's that's what I, I do. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it keeps it. The one thing I don't have, I don't uh, I don't have that uh, serious blue station on in my car. I'm going to have to get that. And uh, it's this good. One. So that's um, that's good. And don't uh, we do a DVE blues channel somewhere like on like DV2 Val? What not is anymore? We did for a while. Yeah. Yeah, they. That's Steelers programming now. Yeah, Val's been doing the. I listen to Powell on Sundays, and I listen to the Garage, uh, um, Little Stevie's, which I think maybe as good a radio as you could ever get. Oh, Little Stevie's oh, Garage. Oh my God, is that good? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just something to listen to. But Val's got the all the local scene, and she right. does a great job with it. That's a lot of work, Val. I'm telling you, I know it is from having done stuff with it. So you, you've done a great job, and uh, all the crew there that helped put it together with you. And that's. It's great music, ladies and gentlemen. Go take a listen on Sunday nights. You'll be uh, thoroughly entertained. You yeah, really will. That's right. Mike p- pumping up the local music hey, scene how about there. That? Hey, Mike, did you notice when watching the Super Bowl that Ron Burkle was sitting in Tom Brady's booth? <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I told you he was good friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> now you believe me? Is he going to bring – uh, now, I was assuming he was just there to study TB12 to bring back uh, – to implement for Phil Kessel, PK81. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. 
I walked Kessel on, uh, on Groundhog's Day. Bucks of Dottie Phil went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to see the T-shirts with the, with the uh, Groundhog in 81. <laughs> By the way, Phil the Thrill's having a hell of a season. Oh, my goodness. You know, the Pens, uh, these guys are, are coming strong. I mean, uh, Malkin, Crosby, and... Uh, and Phil, and they're they're charging up the ladder. I mean, the Penguins have had so many great scoring champions. Can they get another one? I mean, can they? They're going to have to play some pretty good hockey to to accomplish it because Tampa Bay and uh, Kucherov and that crew are going to be tough to catch. But they're within range. There's no question. And uh, the way Geno's going right now, hmm. he might be the player of the month the rest of the year, you know, and the, the amount of points that he's putting up. So it's going to be fun to see him go down the stretch run. But they got to. They got to get. Uh, you know the way I look at it. They got fifty-six points left. They're going to have to get at least uh, thirty-three of that fifty-six, and that's not an easy number. I mean, you're getting probably close to sixty percent of the games you got to win. So, uh, still a lot of work to do, guys. Still Hockey a lot of work. Hall of Famer Mike Lang. You can hear him tonight calling the return of Mark Andre Fleury to the PPG Paints Arena ice alongside. The old two niner watching. Yeah, them. that's another quick question. Just, I mean, who's going to get the two niner in the building someday? Oh, you, you know what I mean. Whoa. Or is it going to be the two nine, and then one up with old two niner? Oh, I like that. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think that might flower be. gets two nine, and then the old two niner. Yeah, <laughs> this thing going to be that'll be of interest. It will. Check them yeah. out on the uh, flagship station of the Pittsburgh Penguins, our brother station, one hundred five nine, the X. You guys are the best. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mikey. We'll be listening. Thanks, okay. buddy. Yep. Up Bye. next, Billy Gardell joining us on the DVE Morning Show. 23 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The Archdiocese of New York is calling for a temporary halt of wine drinking during communion at Catholic Mass. Church leaders say they want to protect parishioners from the flu epidemic. They've, I'm guessing, I know they've made some changes in churches here, I'm assuming, everywhere all over the country. Yeah, my church flu. is BYOB now. <laughs> <laughs> no handshake during the sign of peace. That's when you shake hands, right? Yeah. Catholic church. Just do the peace sign. Right. Like, hey, you guys, air bump. It's hard to hate the Patriots when you hear things like this. On Sunday, Patriots wide receiver Bernard Reedy played his last game of the season in the Super Bowl, and like other players, now's the time for him to recuperate and heal but unlike many other players for Bernard it means it's time for him to get to work he's driving a van for people with disabilities he'll head uh, south to Florida to work for Care Ride to help those in need even though he makes over half a million dollars a year playing football he still makes it a priority to drive this van which is a job that pays 11 bucks an hour he is inspired to take on the responsibility because the work doesn't stop and many people still need help he says he really enjoys spending time with his passengers who all have stories to tell so I bet. hard to hate That's a guy really like that from the Patriots. Patriots, but maybe we can hate this. <laughs> Giselle told her daughter the Patriots had to let the Eagles win to share because they were sharing. Not because daddy's not better. The kids include five-year-old Vivian, eight-year-old Benjamin, and 10-year-old John, who is Tom's son with Bridget Moynihan. <laughs> Vivian apparently at one point blurted out, the Eagles won! And Giselle said, just this time... Daddy won five times. They never won before. Their whole life, they never won a Super Bowl. Ooh. You have to let someone else win sometimes. Sometimes, oh. you know, you just have to let other people win. We have to share. Sharing is caring. They haven't won in a million years. God, she's obnoxious. Bailey Gardell on the line right now. Bailey, good morning. Hi. 
Did you hear that, Giselle? I was just listening to that. And, you know, man, it's a good thing Brady didn't shake Foles' hands because I'm not sure if he could get the stink of narcissism off his hands <laughs> if he did. Oh, is the Brady family a little upset that Dada lost? You know, Do you act like a little baby? Huh? Are you lying to your children? You're a little baby. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to take the Patriots' loss, and I was pretty much right on. <laughs> uh, is it wrong that I was singing in my living room like it was a funeral in New Orleans? Uh, you know what? It wasn't just Steeler fans. I actually had a guy with a trombone and, and some guys with some skulls and some bass drums come walking through my living room. <laughs> Let's get an impromptu parade in here. It was lovely. No, it wasn't just Steeler fans. It was the entire nation. There was a there was a blow dealt finally in in the Justice Department, and uh, and it was it, the, my favorite shot. I sent Crawford is <laughs> just Brady sitting on his butt with his hands on his knees because he's upset that he didn't get to win again. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Send me that picture with just a ton of laughs. Like, it was just like, ah. Were you still worried down to the very end, though? Because even when oh, they yeah. they blew up that play at the goal line, that I was like, oh, my God, uh, is there any time left on the clock? Can he still do anything? Yeah, no, he's relentless, man. He's he's relentless, and uh, and I did. I was nervous for Philly all the way to the end there. But and and the problem is we've seen the ball bounce their way so many times that for a second in that Hail Mary I was worried. Oh. But when it went away, I was like, there was a feeling of elation that I can't explain. Only second to, you know, us winning the Super Bowl. I mean, I was rooting for Philly that much. I, I really. I really love the way their defense played. The, the whole team, the, the, just a wonderful team effort. And they didn't play conservatively when, when they were ahead. They didn't play to win. They, or, you know what I mean? They played as if they expected to win the Super Bowl. They didn't, they didn't what's the word I'm looking for, Randall? They didn't, they didn't just try to, to get by New England. Like, they, they played to win. They took chances. Yeah. They really and they did. kept pouring the gas on them, and that's how you got to beat a bully. Yeah. I swear to God, from the moment it touched Gronk's hands in the end zone, it took 10 seconds for it to hit the ground. Yeah, it did. It did. With all that, it touched like four players' hands. That Hogan... Did it actually hit his hands? I think it did. I oh, yeah. It touched his oh, I didn't think he and hit And then Hogan dives in at the end like he almost caught it. Yeah. Do you think that oh. Gronk, like, I know earlier in the game there was a penalty on, I, I think, a play by Gronk, and, and Collinsworth was like, yeah, he really tries to buy those. Did you think at the end zone, that last play, that he was acting a little bit, maybe trying to buy a penalty? Of course. Oh, yeah. Because he was like, <laughs> He's always like that, though. I love that a guy that's the size of Frankenstein just looks like he's so frail after a play. Like, he hit me. He hit me. You're three times the size of a normal human, Gronk. Go back to the huddle. I wonder if he's Frankenstein every year for Halloween. He somehow. I mean, what else I, would I, you be? Seriously, he's already got the bolts in his neck. Why wouldn't you go as that? I, I can't hate him. I don't know why. No, I don't hate him. I hate Brady, but it's because he's so good and he beats us every time. Right. 
He's aw- he's and, the and, best. And the smugness, you know, the smugness. Oh yeah, he's the greatest of all time, though. There's no doubt. I won't say that. He's been to eight Super Bowls and he won five. I don't care. <laughs> I hate. I hate that he's been in a bum in a bum division for approaching two decades. That's yeah, what pisses he, me he, off. He gets he gets a path to the Super Bowl with six wins right at the beginning of the year every year. Yeah, we're beating the snot out of each other in the AFC North. All yeah, the you're time. lucky if you live through an AFC North game. I was thinking about this. Like, who the hell was the last quarterback? We like those three dudes that were whistling and playing the drums and playing the flute in the American <laughs> Revolution when right. we're done playing Baltimore. Who's the last quarterback that's had that's challenged him in the in that division? Chad. Who's the last defense? I mean, Mark who's Sanchez. Good, who's the last good offense in that division? That division had a good defense the year that Mark Sanchez and the Jets beat them. Yeah. They had they Bart had Scott. Mark Sanchez. And, and they had Mark Sanchez. It's it's like they get they get a path right to the top of their division. They get the bye every single year. Then what? Oh, you had to play the Titans at home and then the Jacksonville Jaguars after we roughed them up. I hope there's a Eight mass them. exit Eight out them. of that team next year. Coordinators. Every, I hope Belichick goes. I hope Brady's there all alone. No, they're pissed and they're going to win another one. Nah. That is done. That did they're cross gonna, my mind as get, soon as they won. Oh, yeah. As People soon are as they writing lost, all these like, oh, no. hot take columns. Oh, no. The dynasty is over all across the country, and uh, they're going to get pissed, and they're going to make uh I'm going to go on record. I and think they're going to get Levy on Bell. And uh, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I think it's over. I Lev, think it's done. Lev Bell might be over here. Might be okay. done. Okay. Well, you know what, man? You're not bigger than the team. So I, I would hate to see you go. But you're not bigger than the team. Antonio Brown reached out to uh, James Harrison and said, Hey, tell your teammate, Tom Brady, if he needs help, I got a guy that can help him uh, with that catch. Because, you know, that, <laughs> when, he, when he missed, he was like, Yeah, we'll get him in training or something like that. Hilarious come train with me and we'll work on those hands well valentine's day is a week from tomorrow so you might be thinking about plans for the day or the night according to a survey by dating site zeusk 75 percent of daters say smuggling uh smuggling <laughs> snuggling in front of the fireplace is mm. the most romantic date i don't yeah. know why you'd be smuggling but well, i do so my wife you know always what, asks me, what are you smuggling wife. back there my wife is uh, is she always says on the holidays that it's too peoply out. She doesn't like how peoply it is. <laughs> so uh, we always she go the right. day we go the day after or the day before Valentine's for dinner, and I tell you, it is so much nicer than the day of. Well, these still apply. <clears throat> that's, that's a that's a that's a veteran move right there for you rookies. It really is. Other romantic dates include candlelight dinners, picnics in the park. And sixty uh, percent of millennials said stargazing is the most romantic date. When are they not gazing? I guess it's I guess it's exciting for them because they're looking up from the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese phone. scientists have discovered a potential cure for baldness: McDonald's French fries. This is uh, this is big news. That if this was true, I would look like the Geico caveman. <laughs> <laughs> Just covered in hair. 
that. Researchers found that a chemical <laughs> used in the oil that cooks the fries can be used as a base to grow hair follicles. They were so encouraged by the results, they believe the method could actually be used to treat hair loss. It's a type of silicone they add to the fryer grease to keep it from frothing up. Researchers use it uh, to help mass produce a specific type of cell that helped develop the hair follicles. They put those cells on the skin of mice and they grew new hair in just a matter of days. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. I, I, I want the Geico caveman hair. Stick so your head in the fryer later. Might be a huge leap forward in curing male pattern baldness. Every time you hear one of these things, they're like, and uh, it's a big step forward in curing baldness. Uh, the experts say they could have something to run the test in 10 to 15 years. <laughs> right. And I always wonder if that's just because these guys want to keep themselves in business. And then they just sit around like George Costanza all day doing nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Five, six more years. We should have a nice uh, a nice breakthrough. Can you imagine, though? There's baldness and you grow a tail. If, yeah. if McDonald's has the patent on that, just knock all those play places out and just put hair clinics in there. <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about a happy meal. <laughs> right. One where you eat it, and the, at the end of it, you, you have a, little a ponytail. You get a little oil in there with a cheeseburger and fries. That's a nice deal. I mean, I kind of think, like, smelling like McDonald's fries is an okay thing. Yeah. Like, if you went out the best smell out there. If you could go out smelling like that. I think it'd be all right. <laughs> Go out, you mean forever? If no, I had a Yankee candle like that. There's a McDonald's like near my home, not far, on Ventura Boulevard, and they actually take the time to still do the fries the way McDonald's should do the fries. I've literally gone there after ordering a burger from another joint just to get those fries. Those are How the best fries. How do they fries. do them? They, all, well, you know, some McDonald's have gotten lazy. They've succumbed to the heat lamp where you got the floppy, wiggly fry that's a little dry or a little mm. wet, and it's it's ridiculous. Every time you go through the drive-thru in this place, hot, oily, salted, ready to rock. Nice. Crispy. I like that. You you go to two separate spots. Yeah, no. Me and O'Connell will hit an In-N-Out <laughs> burger and get McDonald's fries. Oh, I like In-N-Out ah. fries, too, though, but. Building the dream team, Bill. It's like that's like a six four two, and you're out of the inning. <laughs> that is a, a two drive through stop. That's a that's an expert level move. Yeah, right yeah. There. Right? That's, that's a double play. Genus level or whatever. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily the case all the time, but I, there was a Wendy's by me that was the best restaurant, like fast food restaurant I'd ever been to. The quality was so amazing. And then uh, it went downhill. I think it really depends on the manager. Oh, I'm sure. It's the manager, yeah, because, you know, you got to keep everybody rocking at their stations. I don't know. This Burger King opened down the road, and I've been itching to go there. You, know, I you like Burger King, Val. What do you work with on that menu? Well, a classic She's Whopper. Whopper with the sesame seed bun. And the original chicken sandwich with uh, extra mayo. Yeah. See, I can't deal with all the mayo. I was just oh, going to say it's it. like spackle. It's like I'm fixing <laughs> a wall in my living room. I love it when it's oozing out too the bun. Too much. Fill those oh, nail holes, much. Bill, after you're too done with the sandwich. mayo. Then if it falls out, you can dip your fries in it. Oh, God, woman. <laughs> I like. I don't. Why, why is everyone hating on Val for this? That's all sounded like a good plan. That's a. Uh, isn't isn't that what they do in France? <laughs> mayonnaise on the French fries. I think so. Yes. Can't do. I can't go mayonnaise on no. the French fries. I saw a weirdo put mayonnaise on a hot dog once. Oh, 
Oh, Ooh, now you're scaring me a little bit, but because I'm yeah, afraid I, I might like that. I, I just stared at the person. I was like, "Is that really the choice you're gonna?" Okay. You know what? Somebody told us, and I don't know if it was a day you were on Billy. Instead, when you make grilled cheese, instead of butter, butter, you use mayonnaise. It gets really crisp that way. I've not. I haven't tried it yet, but no, yeah, that was I one don't. of those things that I I just disregarded out of hand. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even want to acknowledge that. <laughs> But it might be good. I don't oh, know. the other thing at Burger King, you got to get the onion rings. Well, oh, now yeah. I'll go. I'll do that. I'll stop and get some onion rings yeah. once in a while. If you see someone putting mayonnaise on a hot dog, you should be able to do a citizen's arrest. <laughs> you should just be able to slap it out of their hand. I, I, I bet if you got sausage and peppers and put um, uh, mayo underneath it, I bet that would be good. Sausage and peppers and yeah, mayo. Or relish. I, I, I don't mm. see that. I, I bet I bet it would. Mayonnaise and relish. Yeah. It's like tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Uh, and I didn't uh, think about that. That's interesting. Yet again, women getting screwed. <laughs> there are reportedly plans in the works to make female-friendly Doritos. In a recent interview, the what? CEO of PepsiCo, so Indra Noyi, who is a woman, said the company was going to roll out lady-friendly Doritos that will be quieter and less messy than regular Doritos. She says the reason Lady for the need... Doritos. Are they going to make men Doritos bigger so they feel better about themselves? <laughs> she says the reason for the new Doritos is because women, quote, don't like to crunch too loudly in public and they don't lick their fingers and they don't pour the little broken pieces into their mouth, but they love to have a snack in their purse, end quote. I would disagree with you on all of those. At a girl, Val. Indra. Val. Apparently, the new chips will be packaged differently as well, so women can carry them in their purses. Yeah, it's going to be in like a cloth bag. And so stupid. They are getting crushed on social media for this. Good, they should be. I'll eat the lady Dorito. (laughs) It it sounds like. Well, dude, I'll eat. I'll eat a Dorito that's so stale. I literally got to break it with my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Dorito sounds like. The, like a new pop act or something like that. Lady Dorito? Yeah. I don't think we need gender-specific snacks. That, <laughs> oh, I got it. A little marmalade. Lady Dorito. Lady Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> uh, In, uh, she might get introduced at... Uh, at, uh, at, at one ladies of the, and gentlemen, Lady Dorito. Yeah, the, the prince's <laughs> wedding. So it sounds like a Saturday Night Live guest. Lady Dorito. <laughs> Musical guest, Lady Dorito. So I have one more food. By the way, while we're talking about food, i got to tell you what happened with O'Connell this weekend. Joey O'Connell from Penhills. So we're flying back from Texas. We went there and we did a benefit for the first responders for the hurricane. Oh, nice. Wonderful men and women. Men and women that like literally went into, like, Eight foot, eight, eight feet of water, not knowing what sea life had been in there, or whether there was a live power line in there, or what was going on, and just literally yanking people out of homes to save lives. I mean, an amazing group of people to be around, right? So, I fly us out there, and I, I wasn't able to get him in. I try to get him in first class as much as possible with me because it's it's literally like the two kids from Goodwill Hunting flying in first class. It, it's our favorite thing to do together. I couldn't get him a first-class ticket on the way back because first class was full, right? So I got him in the comfort seat. So he's like, he's like, there's first class, then there's the restroom, and then there's the first two, few rows, and he's right there. 
so I can see them and I can still hear them. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to, I don't want them to get too far from me because I don't know what kind of damage he'll cause. <laughs> but we got up early so we could fly home the day of the Super Bowl. So I'm sleeping up there, right? And O'Connell comes busting into first class, and he has a cookie in his hand, and his hand is up in the air, and I just hear, Bill, you got to try this. Bill, he had found a new cookie. It's called a Stroop Waffle, <laughs> and it's a little hardened like you a waffle cone type of, like if you ate, if you put a, ice cream cone, waffle cone into a cookie, and in between it is a layer of caramel. He broke into first class like Bettis going through the Bears when we started that playoff <laughs> run. Uh, he, the the elation tires. in this man's eyes mm-hmm. that he had to come up and tell me. I was like, all right, buddy, thank you. Good, good. Bell, this is going to change your life. And then he went back and sat down. <laughs> <laughs> So I have one more food story. Do you want to wait? Till yeah, we got to yeah, wait. We gotta wait. It. What do we got, dude? Not I got. Com- hey, stop it! I got yeah, commercials. Got- All right, right. got to pay the bills. All, All right. right, let me let me do that. But first, uh, we got Bill. Check out this uh, promotion we, we got going on a contest at dv.com. We're going to send you to spring training, but not for oh. not for the Buckos. We're going to send you to Andrew McCutcheon or Garrett Cole's spring training. They're going to get. <laughs> they're, they're getting rid of our favorite players. We'll send you to, to keep tabs on them. Sports. All right, Billy Gardell is live in Los Angeles, California with us this morning. And Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE morning show. Sports is all brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. It's the Penguins and the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at PPG ah, Paints Arena. Pens. 7 o'clock on your Pens flagship 1059, the ex Vegas goaltender Mark Andre Fleury. The guest of honor and uh, the guy who everybody was talking about in the Penguins locker room yesterday. Matt Murray, the guy who has replaced Flurry in the Penguins net, talked about his association with Flurry beginning before Murray had even joined the NHL Penguins. Well, for me personally, um, when I was still in Wilkes, and uh, I'd never been to a training camp yet or anything like that, and Flower actually sought, sought out my number from somebody, I'm not sure how he got it, but I've told the story a hundred times. Um, but he texted me when I was, I think I was like 19 at the time, he just, I'd never talked to him, I'd never met him. He texted me and he just said, you know, congrats, uh, a great year, and we'll see you soon in Pittsburgh at training camp. And, um, you know, as a kid, that was my first year pro hockey, so that meant uh, a lot to me. And obviously, I still remember it to this day, and probably will for a long time. So that would be uh, that's my highlight of flower for sure. Yeah, you could probably tell that story a hundred more times, and it will not get old. You know, uh, all respect to, to Flurry, and it'll be great to see him. That said, hope we put five on him. Mm-hmm. Well, we were just mm-hmm. talking to Mike Lang before we. Uh, brought you on the show and i was asking him what he thinks it's going to be like tonight will people like cheer flurry nah you got to give him a round of applause i think oh it's going to be more than that dude it's adulation you don't Don't live here anymore this town is has been in love with mark andre standing ovation video Uh, tribute absolutely respect respect absolutely no no it's it's beyond vegas coming on the ice it's beyond respect it is and they will do the flurry chant when they after the video yes that's cool I'm guessing. See, that's what happens when you go to another team that's not, say, New England. I, well, not yet. They're second overall. 
No, but that would have been like if he went to the Flyers. You can't do that. You can't do that. He did the right thing. He will get his respect. I still think it's weird how Burkle's going to get a pass for hanging out in Tom Brady's box for the Super Bowl. Because if Art Rooney was in the Capitals box, Ovechkin's... I bet not enough people knew that was him. Yeah, nobody knows what he looks like. You don't think Sullivan was rooting for New England? He's not in the box. No. It's like when You don't think Connor Sherry and uh, Brian Dumoulin were rooting for New England? So if Art Rooney was in Ted Leonsis' box as the Capitals were about to win a Stanley Cup, you don't think Penguin fans would take umbrage with that? I don't know. But if he's a a Caps fan. I'm just saying people don't. there's, There's this weird thing. Hockey has this weird, like they're like a sovereign nation. It's 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 this. We don't apply this. The rules don't apply to them for some reason. I think and they I don't make know it up exactly as it goes. Why. Mom makes it up as it goes along. This guy's okay. This guy's not. This is acceptable. This isn't. It's like the unwritten rules in baseball. Well, and Burkle has a, has a disassociative sort of quality to him as the owner. If it was Mario. Now we yeah. now we got some problems. Now we got an issue. <laughs> so what you, Billy? So you tell me if, if Mario Lemieux just decided he wanted to be a Patriots fan? Yeah, that's he, not okay. Oh, he hasn't done enough for oh, the Penguins dear. that he's no, allowed to do no, that. No, and no. It's not no. about. I like when you express surprise when you present a premise that you full well know fans. <laughs> They're going to react this way. Like, you're like, I, I can't believe this. You're so telling wait a me. Minute. We're this, doing a show here, right? I mean, I mean, give me a break, Mike. You're telling me. You mean to say, if Mario Lemieux kissed I, Tom Brady I, on the well, lips you know for five I'd seconds. I'd bid on it. That'd be, that'd be horrifying. You're going to tell me that Tatalias are going to guarantee our investment. So Lemieux supports ISIS, and all of a sudden, <laughs> nothing he did here matters. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Crystal Tang was another guy talking about Mark Andre Fleury yesterday and all those great Mark Andre Fleury saves. Too many to mention, but a couple that stood out in particular. Well, the one against the Red Wings is a pretty, pretty important save he made. Uh, when I'm thinking about last year in the playoff, I was not playing, but uh, the save on Ovechkin with his knob. There's so many. Um, this guy's played here for like what 14 years. There's so many. I, I, I cannot like picture only one. He's like the French version of Sleepy Gonzalez. <laughs> there are so many different saves that I'm so impressed with. <laughs> that he's done time and time again. Very <laughs> impressed with all he did. <laughs> Defenseman Ian Cole said the uh, best and most lasting tribute to Flurry is that, uh, well, he may be gone, but he's never going to be forgotten. Everyone loves him. He's you know, universally loved, and and even uh, you know when you're not with him, you know how many people have this year said you know, oh man, how much do you guys miss? He's not here, but people are still talking about him uh, you know, with, with glowing admiration. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's a great measure of uh, of the kind of uh, you know energy and the character that he brought to not only this team but the city. I think people will start cheering for him if they're if. The, if Vegas is he winning. makes a big save tonight, people are going to – they'll cheer him in the arena. I'm telling you right now. Uh, Billy Gardell with us. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do more post-Super uh, Bowl 
celebrating here. And also pay tribute to John Mahoney, an actor whose yeah, name no, may no, not ring a bell sad, to you. Sad loss. But you, uh, you know John Mahoney. And uh, we'll talk about that with Billy when we return. DVE. Yeah, it's a DVE morning show. Billy Gardell with us. And uh, what'd you go with the uh, on the Super Bowl menu there, Bill? Uh, you know what I did, man, because I was flying. This is the first Super Bowl party I didn't have. I didn't have a Super Bowl party. First time in about 10 years. You and a, you and a million other people. But you had one yeah. after the game. <laughs> I did a little bit, Mikey. And I will tell you, I hit quite a few of those wagers during the Super Bowl. I hit, uh, uh, you know, just for fun. I was betting with my friends just for fun. And for fun, I won the coin toss. I won the under four and a half sacks. I hit the over. I took the Eagles plus four and a half, you know, for fun. And let's see what else <laughs> I have. I had uh, first score of the game, Philadelphia. And then I had uh, I had one more. I cleaned up. I went across the board on nice. It. You know, just for fun, I was a little disappointed. Pink was so professional. What you are? I was. I thought you, uh, you wanted it to be I thought, a little longer. Just for fun, I thought Pink would make that more about herself and kind of stretch <laughs> that out. She did have the flu, so I mean, you had a good shot. Yeah, she might have started heaving in the middle of it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Um, but I, as soon as that ball hit the ground, I thought of you, Bill. That that hail mary. That was. I thought of you too, Mike, because we had that nice conversation before <laughs> the game. No, but just you know the Patriots losing thing was was so oh, important to joy. so many. I really didn't know how joy. much I was going to enjoy that. It was it was just wonderful joy. Uh, if th- I could have played that, what's that classical? Da 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 da. You know the end of Caddyshack when all the bombs are going off. Da 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 da. Eighteen twelve overture. I would have played that here if I had it. <laughs> By the way, did you see the Netflix movie A Feudal and Stupid Gesture? About I have it in uh, my queue. So Don't good. say nothing. I got it on queue for this week. I got to do the game show today, and I'm doing Young Sheldon this week. And I got a little bit of time. I got about three or four things in the hopper I'm ready to go with this weekend. That's a good That's one. one of them. You're Have you like... watched all of Godless yet? Yes, twice. I've... Oh, wow. Twice. I told Mike yeah. you would like it. Uh, Mike, you would love it. And uh, I got I Jeff Daniels is a bad guy. I would have never thought, in a mo- and he's one of the best I've seen. I mean, it was so good. Wow. Have you, Patty, watched Black Mirror? Uh, I watch it. It disturbs her, so she won't watch yeah. it. Yes, that's what I said. I'm a, she watched, I she watched watch three that. of them with me, and she goes, why are you watching this? Why are you watching this? And I go, because it's coming. Yep, it is that's, coming. That's, that's why I can't watch Bill, it. when I watched the Super Bowl, half the stuff I saw, I kept going, yep, Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so like now I, I just see this like the degradation of society occurring on a mass level in everything well, that, that I look at. It's so haunting I can't look away from black because it's all it's like so yeah haunting. that's gonna happen probably yeah yep. that's probably gonna happen too. I watch it and I go I bet they got that I bet they got that in the <laughs> warehouse right now. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, television. Uh, a, a famed television and film actor passed away yesterday, actually on Sunday. John Mahoney died at his uh, home in Chicago. Great actor. 77 years old. Uh, Kelsey Grammer's dad on Frasier, of course. He, um, which is kind of funny because he was only 77. He was playing Frasier's dad. He was in his early 50s when he was playing Frasier's dad. Yeah, he, he, he just had that presence as an older man. And, um, 
I think that guy was old before he was old. He just had a great soul. Um, what did you I say about? Hold I, on. He didn't start acting till he was in his 40s. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Him, he's good friends with Rondi Reed, who was who played my mom on Mike and Molly. They both were Steppenwolf people. Steppenwolf Theater. Yeah, yeah and and uh, and he was. Uh, he, he we got to, I got to talk to him on the phone one time, and it was really cool. Rondi was just talking to him during rehearsal, and she said Mahoney wants to give you some advice. I said, Oh wow, I'm gonna talk to John Mahoney. I go, Hello. He goes. Rondy says you're a good kid. Stay that way. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, how great is that? It was really cool. I met him in a bathroom one time, and uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was interesting. I walked in. Close encounter. It was, yeah, it was like one of those bathrooms. It, we, I was at a restaurant in Chicago, and I went to the bathroom, and it was one of those ones. He probably should have locked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just a solo kind of bathroom. It was like there was a urinal, and there was a toilet. Uh, but they were right next to each other, and and it was a, it was a nicer place. Uh, and I was like, I opened the door. I'm like, oh, sorry. He's like, no, no, just finished. And I'm like, okay. And uh, so just finished. And I'm like, I snuck kind of like you know past him to get to the urinal. And I was and he's like, yeah, there you go. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, hey, thanks, man. Hey, for what it's worth, big fan. And he stopped, and he was like, really? And I'm like, oh, you're coming back. And uh, he, <laughs> he he talked to me the entire time I was peeing and washing my hands. And he was like <laughs> six inches from me. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know, I just sometimes I think about how my life would have been different if I would have hooked up with John Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he- Frazier's dad is hitting on me. <laughs> What the hell's going on in here? Uh, he he. One of his best roles was in the movie "Say Vin, Anything." Then sorry. Oh, it was great when he's in "Say Anything," and he's playing Ione Sky's da- uh, dad, and oh, yeah. he's very sort of protective of her, uh, and he plays sort of a conflicted or a complicated guy who is. Uh, you, you know, runs a, a senior citizen's home, and he's stealing from them, and you find that out. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> but. There's a scene where his credit card is declined. And he thinks he's like the woman behind the counter. Things are going good for him. And looks like they're about to, you know, got a little meat cute going on, you know. And his credit card's declined. And he knows what's going on because the IRS is coming down on him. And the way he did that whole scene was just like you could tell this guy's he's really good at what he does. That was a masterful performance moonstruck he plays moonstruck the guy who goes out on a date with Cher uh, or what no is it with uh, Olympia Dukakis Olympia Dukakis yeah and then eight men out in the John Sayles movie eight men out who's the manager great in that Mike how are you not jumping up and down I was down just right gonna now? say I think he's doing this to, to upset death. Mike no I mentioned it before I interrupted I think it got uh, ignored and uh, I don't think he was in any other movies. <laughs> Vince Hardy and the greatest advice ever given in a movie. Take Bigelow. Take Bigelow. Yeah. He, of course, in striking distance. So you know. You, you the got legendary I did. Pittsburgh River Cop movie. He was, uh, what was his name? Vince Hardy. Vince Hardy. And he uh, famously advises Take Bigelow in that movie. Even though they were on Second Avenue. Yeah. yeah. 
which that never <laughs> that, that never adds up. Tough yeah. to get the big one. That that police chase scene is like Rocky jogging through all of southeastern Pennsylvania. Like it just jumps all over the place. You can't turn right out of the Armstrong Tunnel onto Grandview Avenue. <laughs> that is an impossibility. It's an impossibility. It's impossible. It's impossible. They don't connect. But Why don't you make a right into Narnia while you're at it? <laughs> Best police police chief ever. Uh, he was uh, that movie's really good. I want to go innocent. see that again. He was good in Ten Men too. How about the, did you mention she's the one? No, I he forgot was, about that. It was, was the, the Burns. Dad? It was the Burns, yeah. Burns brothers. Yeah, I forgot about that. And that was the all Tom Petty soundtrack. I really like that mm-hmm. movie. I don't think it got a lot of great play. soundtrack. Oh yeah, Walls. Walls is on that one. Good one. Yep, Walls. California's been good to me, and a hole. There's a lot of good. I think Walls is the uh, credits song. Is it? Great tune. Billy Gardell, always a pleasure talking with you. So you got another episode of Young Gosh, Sheldon gotta, this week. Yeah, right? going to film another episode of Young Sheldon this week. Looking forward to that. Doing the game show, Funny You Should Ask, today with a bunch of great comics. And uh, I love you guys. What a wonderful Sunday. And let's <laughs> go Pens. Yeah, brother. All right, we'll be talking Penguins tomorrow. Tonight, uh, Penn's taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights with Mark andre Fleury. Fleury, welcome that. home. God bless. I uh, tried to get tickets for that. There's, it's sold out. Oh, yeah. But they the cheapest ticket is $181. Secondary. That, yeah. And that's like standing room only. Up top, yeah. Wow. Just for flour. Yeah. Tip of the bowl on that one, yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be a fun one to watch tonight. No doubt about it. Billy, love you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. See you. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.